0: Portland attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area your daily show prep begins now
1: 15 seconds after the hour of five in this, the month of October in the year of our Lord 2009, thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly really ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. All right, we need at some point to take a vote on when I can begin complaining about the cold. I don't know that we're at that point yet
2: because it's only fall. Actually, start... it's warmer out this morning than it has been.
3: Not yet. Yes, it, I, I totally it's noticed that this morning. It's
2: 54 degrees currently. Yesterday it
3: was 45.
2: Uh, and I didn't feel that way.
1: See, yesterday, I, I don't think I noticed all that much. For some reason today, it was the thing where I went out and I sat in the car, and I used to d- be really bad about never letting my car warm up, but then I think I saw some television commercial a while back where I said, when you don't let your car warm up, it destroys the inside of your engine. And there was some some sort of animated graphic that just showed you know the engine being shaved into small little metal uh, shards. So I've become very conscious about letting the car warm up before I back out of the driveway when it's cold outside. So there's that horrible phase this morning between when you get in the car and turn it on and then about nine minutes later when the engine is warm enough that the heater blowing out warm air, where you've got the car warmed up, you back out of the driveway and then I'm going down uh, Powell this morning and then the heater is just blowing out air that's not exactly cold. It ain't exactly warm. It's just warm enough to sort of make you realize how cold it really is. But then if I start complaining about it now, then when December comes, it's like I can't complain about it being cold. So I have to...
3: You need to hold off a little bit. I'll file that
1: away. Save it for the holidays. That's what I'll do. It's 503-228-4101. If you would uh, like to join us today via the telephone, 503-228-4101. You can also call the toll-free number, if you like, 1-800-344-KUFO. You can text at 52051.com. 52051, or you can uh, email if you like it, rick at rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at com. Tim at kufo.com. Or uh, Greg Nibbler, our esteemed production assistant, can be reached at uh, nibbler, N I B L E R, at kufo.com. Uh, I hold in my hands here a corpse watch we will get to later on today. Uh, we're also going to be talking to Charles Cross. he's the author of Taller, uh, Shadows Taller Than Our Souls, which is, to call it a book is really not even to do with justice. It is just this, this massive unbelievably cool-looking tome uh, about Led Zeppelin. So, uh, author Charles Cross, later on, we will be talking to uh, Ryan White, music editor from the Oregonian. We'll count down the top five songs about prison. Why, you ask? Here's why. Because we are going to be talking to the guys behind the greatest newspaper in all the world. Look Who's Been Busted. Available at Finder convenience stores uh, everywhere. If you haven't picked up the new issue, it may be sold out, but... Uh we both have
3: our copies in our hands right
1: now. <laughs> it's the busted babes collector's issue. And I think the busted babes may be an ongoing feature.
3: I want to be a busted babe. I uh,
1: I think that, uh, boy, there's some weird... I, I made the mistake of opening this. There's some goddamn weird-looking people in this world. And Tracy they're all Johnson in this newspaper. scares me. I think everybody in here... Oh, he's unnerving. No, that's a woman. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay, especially so. Well, in any event, so we'll uh, be talking to uh, Ryan Trombley from Busted Magazine uh, later on today as well. It's 503-228-4101. A pair of tickets for you to see uh, the Portland Tattoo Expo. Going to be uh, giving those away before 9 o'clock. And a shot at a pair of tickets to see Anvil at the Wonder Ballroom when they uh, come on February 11th. It'll be a performance by the band following a showing of the documentary Anvil. Story of Anvil. 503-228-4101. We are uh, joined today as always by the lovely and talented Sarah Extillan. Hello, how are you today?
3: Does it ever make you feel weird when you're looking through Busted and you find some of the criminals hot?
1: Yes. Uh, well, no. No. Kind of, not really though, because well, it all
3: depends on what they did too. Well, like, uh, this guy was only identity fraud. Well, that
1: but see, that's the thing. It's not when you find some of the criminals hot. It's when you find them hot and then you look down and you realize they're guilty of something horrible. It's like it's one thing if it's just some uh, you know some chick who was dealing weed or whatever. But you, you find some girl hot and then you realize that I don't know she chopped a bunch of a bunch of Cub Scouts up and put them in a pie or something. And then you know, and then you just get to feel weird about that. I'm kind of used to finding trashy girls hot, so i I think I've uh, I think I've made peace with that.
3: This is like the happiest little newspaper yearbook for you ever.
1: There is a guy in here who looks a lot like KUFO's Adam Thompson if he were to have his head shaved and be given a nosebleed. I'm just saying. All right, I have
3: to put this up. Well,
1: oh, we haven't seen him lately, entirely <laughs> distracted. I, I mean, I suppose who knows what he's who knows what mischief he's uh, gotten himself into.
3: So today's a big day for me because because I haven't really talked about it very much because I've just been too excited about it. But um. My little sister's moving to Portland.
1: Is that this week this is happening?
3: It's not this week, it's today.
1: It's today. Excellent. Today,
3: her and her, and her boyfriend have been traveling across the country in a U-Haul, and uh, they're getting here today.
1: From Brooklyn back to Portland. She's never lived in Portland. Mm-mm. Uh, so Did never. she get tired of New York?
3: Yep, she was a little burned out in New York. I think she hasn't been there that long. Yeah she's, uh, yeah, she's been on the East Coast for, like, the past five years. She was in
1: Boston, right? Yeah. Boston and then to New York. And it's just, I mean, it's just so freaking expensive to live there. Yeah, it was I
3: expensive. Mean, and she's, like, honestly, she was saying how she felt like she was starting to just become a grumpy, angry person. Well, it's
1: just a bit like of it. a grind, I think. Mm-hmm. I mean, I
2: just... LA is more spirit-crushing than New York, I
1: think. I think it's in different ways. I think, in, I mean, you know, and I've, and I've never lived in New York. I mean, I've been there, I don't know, five or six times. It just it just
2: wears on you, I think. It's just, it's like living in a blender, Whereas, where's a challenge you get a loaf of bread home without getting it squished if you can do that, you really accomplish something in New York I think living in New York is a little bit like living living in New York is like uh, i mean in my experience
1: anyway is like living in some unbelievably uh, uh, sort of entertaining fascinating fast paced neon lit uh, ant farm all the time that's just filled with you know it's, 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 it, i mean it's just packed to the gills with people whereas so if that's like living in a blender, then LA is like living in some sort of a uh, some sort of just a big uh, like like drill press device that just like gradually pushes down on you until you're broken inside. But in New York, you at least you can have a secret bedroom. That's the Well, that is true, Tim. Uh it's uh 503-228-4101 so The Dylan Sisters Unleashed on Portland, Oregon.
3: I can't We we haven't lived together in the same town for 11 years.
1: Yeah, boy her I, uh,
3: yeah, I, I'm so excited slash nervous because we're exactly the same. So we usually get into epic fights.
1: Yeah, that boyfriend of hers is going to have an ulcer within like a month and a half. You mark my words. Oh, a yeah.
2: long time ago when you were on vacation, we had a show with just the Dylan sisters. I don't know if you remember it. long when many, was Many, that? many years. You were on vacation. I have no idea when that was. And she was here and we did a whole show with you two together.
3: Oh, yeah, she was. This is long ago.
2: Long ago. All right. You then. left and we decided to create a Dylan sister show, at least for a day.
3: <laughs> yeah, because that was when she lived in Seattle. So
2: she's coming here tonight?
3: She's coming in tonight. Excellent.
1: Uh, Let's pay a visit to the news desk with your personal savior, Tim Riley.
4: (laughs) From the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
2: Good morning. It's 5.09. A little bit warmer out today in the 50s. It's going to be cloudy today, though. Highs in the mid 60s. I just barely missed a nasty five-car crash yesterday afternoon and sent five people to the hospital on the west side at the busy intersection of Cornelius Pass Road and Evergreen Parkway, right in front of McMinimins. It was caused by a driver who blacked out the dead weight of his foot to the floor caused this man to careen out of control. Oh, that's creepy. As his terrified passenger tried unsuccessfully to move the foot off the gas. Well, it resulted in five cars being hit at speeds of 60 miles an hour Fortunately, none of the injuries were life-threatening, but it tore the side right off an SUV. I just missed this thing by like two minutes, and I saw it right in front of me. It tore the side off an SUV, spun all these cars around, and finally the van was airborne. lands on its roof, and nobody knows why the guy passed out yet, but it was really scary. Now, like. was, the guy's not dead, is he? No, no, no none of the injuries are life-threatening, but it's really surprising because the, these cars were really torn to bits by this van Going sixty miles an hour at a very busy intersection, Cornelius Pass Road. Well, if the guy and just ever green.
1: see that's freaking. Because if he just keeled over, yeah. at the at the wheel, and then as you said, he leans forward, and so the, all
2: of his body all weight dead is weight on the gas, is on the oh, that's and so the passenger crazy. trying to pry this dead weight off the gas. Well, he's smashing into all these. I just barely missed this thing, Jesus. Ugh. And
1: and in a van, there's no because I was thinking in a car, you could always reach over and pull the emergency brake. But in a van, the emergency brake is probably on the floor. Yeah, and so you require the driver. Depressive, which you... Oh, that's. I don't even want to think about that. That's. Man, and, it was really a scary thing to see. And if the driver's real big and the passenger's real small, there's no lifting his body off the gas. You just got to wait until the van is done smashing into things.
2: And that's it, the way up it always being is. airborne?
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you, no.
2: Yeah, I just missed it, but it, it was really a sight. So but, did you get there after it had happened? Right, right after it happened. And so with you... Uh, I, I saw the vehicle. They were just everywhere, and I was wondering what happened. Because I guess... Because unless it hit something head-on
1: or went into a wall or something, there would be no reason it would stop going forward.
2: There's a median there to prevent you from turning into McMinimins, and that's what it hit, and that's what made it flip over. Oh, so that was the thing that finally stopped, it was the median.
1: Oh, that's creepy.
2: Meanwhile, Clackamas County deputies are still looking for an outlaw who pushed the shopping cart into a pregnant lady at a Safeway parking lot and stole her purse. The Clackamas County cops say he was speaking a language other than English, Russian, or Spanish. How is it that every I mean, world lay down there? They, I, they know it's not either English, Russian or Spanish. Did, how would they know that, though? Strange. I don't know. They question passersby. But how would
1: I don't understand? I, how would you how would you rule out that he was speaking Russian?
2: Well, I guess it maybe if there were lots of I witnesses. Guess it, yeah. So they know it was on Russian or English which have nothing to do with each other, or Spanish, which have nothing to do with any of the three. That makes no sense at all, because that would require the
1: woman into whom the shopping cart was pushed to recreate whatever he said Mm -hmm. with some degree of accuracy, which she couldn't do because she clearly didn't speak any of the languages. that that She didn't speak whatever
2: he was speaking. I guess it was a multiple-choice question. Did it sound like this? Yeah. No? All right. So English, Russian, and Spanish have been ruled out. Okay, so they're looking for other. Other. All right. Not unlike Ben Affleck and Phantoms, you know. An elderly Idaho woman found an unpleasant surprise in her milk duds last week. Violet Bishop bit into her hearing aid after mistaking it for chocolate candy. (laughs) I don't want to be old. The 37-year-old woman was watching television when she decided to enjoy a sweet snack. Unfortunately, when she jumped on her bed to enjoy a few milk duds, her hearing aid fell out of her ear and into her candy. She said, quote, as I was enjoying... The chocolate and caramel taste. It appeared that one of my duds was not as fresh as the other. <laughs> <laughs> it was rather crunchy. I couldn't get it to soften up no matter how many times I chewed. Fortunately, Violet didn't do much damage. And her hearing aid is back up and running after $199 up How you old is Violet? Violet is eighty-seven,
1: so this doesn't really oh, speak well Violet. for the quality of Violet's teeth either. If the hearing aid is back up and running, well,
2: usually she's able to chew, on, which is more than what I can handle. Well, I, milk duds. I guess that's a fair point. If she's eighty-seven and able to I mean, handle that's a milk quite dip. an exercise with the jaws, I mean, those, I mean, even for someone middle-aged, I never mind an eighty-seven-year-old woman take your teeth right out out of up and down on her eating milk duds.
1: Yeah, are we? Are we sure that Violet's not crazy? Because that sounds like that sounds like in many ways like the activity of a
2: crazy person. It doesn't say. All right. Let's do uh, one more here, and then we will uh, take a break. She wants to broaden her base. Therefore, I guess her people recommended that January Jones attend a NASCAR Sprint Cup Series race in Kansas. uh, Really? Yes, it's January Jones in Kansas. During the event, presented by Kraft Foods, the 31-year-old blonde beauty was seen greeting Dale Earnhardt Jr., the driver of one of the cars. Uh, she was also in Washington D.C. garnering support for the Shark Conservation Act, so she's hitting the Midwest, all the conservatives there and those lefties who want to save sharks. So,
1: a, I don't really understand why people in the Midwest would be caring about conserving anything. I that
2: seems like she's mismanaging. Well, this this the... is a, this is a separate event. Oh, I was on the way to D.C. I right, see on the East Coast. But stopover no, care in... about
1: such So an
3: NASCAR thing. and sharks.
2: That's correct. Yes.
1: Stopover in Kansas.
2: Do you suppose people in Kansas are big fans of uh, of Mad Men? Perhaps they will tune in. Yeah, it says Mad Men continues this Sunday with a new episode. I guess that's what she told the folks on stage. Hey, have you seen
1: Mad Men? Have you seen? I it did. Finally? I saw. I saw so, it last night. So it was good, not great though. Um, only in the sense that uh, it, it doesn't. I mean, because that episode from what two weeks ago or whatever was just the one where Don wakes up with the bloody nose and then in the hotel room, which was just creepy beyond words. Uh, and there's that weird, like, beatnik swinger couple that, like, you know, do you want to watch us dance? And then they're, like, humping it out while they're in the hotel room with him. And you're watching going, what am I watching? What show is this? Like, it became some weird, creepy porn film. Um, but then, yeah, this last Sunday's episode, it was all, like, Pete Campbell and January Jones. And that Pete Campbell guy is...
3: He's irritating.
1: Such a wormy bastard. That, that, yeah, and that's it. He's irritating and and, and sort of, and, and I don't know, just weaselly. Uh, but January Jones, who I... I don't think I've ever seen her interviewed, like, out of character. So I don't know what she's really like. But in my mind's eye, she's... I I have real trouble separating her from the character, though. So who knows? Maybe she's really a hick. I mean, who's to say? Uh, All right, straight ahead, more news from Tim Riley. Coming up at the uh, 6 o'clock hour, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. uh, Ryan White from the Oregonian. Charles Cross, uh, who's uh, written a new book about Led Zeppelin. And later on, uh, the fine folks behind Busted, the newspaper. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next, live from Portland.
4: The Rick Emerson Show. On Rock 101 KUFO. Share your thoughts with billions. My eyes are on
0: fire with passion. 1-800-344-KUFO.
5: Excitement. The Rick Emerson Show returns. lack of sleep. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
1: It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is uh, Wednesday morning. Thank you for joining us. Coming up at 6 o'clock. Ball talk with Greg Nibbler, 7 o'clock, Ryan White from the Oregonian will be here, and at the 720, kind of got the top five prison songs of all time, because at 8.20, we'll be talking to the guys behind Look Who's Been Busted, the world's greatest newspaper. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley.
4: Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
2: Here in morning, it is 5.27. A little bit warmer than it was yesterday. It's in the 50s, going to be in the 60s today with partly cloudy skies. This is kind of bizarre. This happened near Tillamook. A Forest Grove man jail accused of stabbing two men in a mysterious incident on Highway 6 near Tillamook. Deputies responded to what they thought was a car wreck, but instead they found two men stabbed next to the highway. Deputies say one of the stabbing victims had hired the other victim, a cab driver, to take him to the coast with a day. Somehow along the highway, they came across a third man who stabbed them. The passenger in the taxi was badly injured with stab wounds to the chest. Was a lamp lighted to a manual? The taxi driver, who was also hurt, is expected to recover. Deputies arrested Kent Dawkins for allegedly stabbing the man, but it's still unclear what his connection is.
1: Wait a minute. So, guy number one hires guy number two, who is a cab driver, to, to drive him, him to the, the coast. coast. They pick up guy number three, who stabs both of them. Right, and leaves them by the road. Well, this sounds like a "don't pick up hitchhikers" kind of a thing. It really does. This is, and this is my opportunity. This is like film noir. I'm just should it say my second, uh, my second Rutger Hauer reference inside of a month. We've all seen The Hitcher, correct? And not the yes. terrible remake that came out last year. The original Hitcher, Rutger Hauer, see Thomas Howell. Yes. Jennifer Jason Lee, Sarah Dillon.
3: Mm, I don't think so.
1: Oh, you got to see The Hitcher. It's awesome. Oh, cool. It is uh, Rutger Hauer who is just one of the creepiest guys in the history of everything like anyway. Um it, it plays a hitchhiker who C Thomas Howell picks up by the side of the road and just, like from moment number 1 you realize he's a guy that you should not pick up. But C Thomas Howell of course picks up on that, you know, he he realizes that fact much later than everybody else. Um any ideas I ever had that I was ever going to pick up a hitchhiker at any time in my life evaporated the first time I saw that film. Um about halfway through when there was that, you know, that awful sequence that happened with Jennifer Jason Leigh and Rutger Hauer. That was when I just dispensed with any and all notions that I would ever under any circumstances allow a hitchhiker into my car, which is sort of what this sounds like. Has anyone here ever been hitchhiking? I'm guessing no. Sarah? Wait, no, I've... I guess that you I'm guessing you have but not in America.
3: No, I've I've hitchhiked um In America, when I was younger, and then once in Portland.
1: Did you really do the the side-of-the-road thumb-out thing?
3: Yeah, because my friend and I were stuck at a bus stop uh, a few years ago, and uh, the bus just was never coming, and so we actually were hitchhiking on Division and, like, 12th.
1: How far were you going?
3: (laughs) Just up to, like, 39th in in Hawthorne. Okay,
1: see, that's almost, see, the hitchhiking within the city, that's, I guess that's almost different than, like, by the side of the highway, you know, where you're at. Never
3: by the side of the highway. Going as far as Barstow. I made the mistake of picking up hitchhiker once.
1: Really? Mm -hmm. Where were you?
3: I was in Bremerton, and I was. Dri- it was a bad idea. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, it was bad
3: idea. I finally got. I finally got him out of my car, but it was really. Un- so it was crazy. a guy. It was a guy.
1: What? Why now? Why did you decide to stop and pick him up?
3: Because it was really early in the morning. I was leaving my friend's house uh, from staying the night over there, and then he looked just. He looked like a nice little hippie guy, and he was wandering the street by himself. And he's like, "Hey, can I get a ride to the other side of town?" And I'm like, "Sure, why not?" And I think I was. Um, I don't know, like still a little delirious from the night before. And um, and I'm taking him over to the other side of Bremerton. Couldn't get him out of my car because he kept, like he couldn't remember where he uh, lived. And I was starting to get more and more nervous. And finally, he got out of the car to like look around to try. You find sped house, off, and I drove away. Yep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Excellent, good
2: for you. Tim I Rally? have hitchhiked. Really, I hitchhiked in college. That surprises me in America. Yeah, from uh, Boston to Nashua. How far wow. is that? That's that's about a, thirty miles. Okay, that that really doesn't. It wouldn't. It doesn't. You don't strike me as the kind who would hitchhike. No, it, uh, I can't remember what happened. I think I was, I was broke because um, I used to, I, I, when I was a student, I'd have to go home during the weekend to work in New Hampshire because there were no jobs for students in Boston. And um, I guess I ran out of money. My car, see, I was living in Boston at the time. My car was at my parents' house in New Hampshire because there's no place for cars in Boston. So I guess I had run out of money one weekend. I didn't have enough money to take the train home, and therefore I had to hitchhike. Interesting.
1: And was it? I mean, did it work it was out okay? scary. But I mean, were you, were you freaked out? In, did you get into the first car that stopped? Yes. You didn't like that nobody stopped, and you you didn't like the look of them. And you let them drive on. Who was it that picked you up? What kind of person were they? Just a salesperson. And he's like, I can. I guess I can take you. And mm-hmm. it was it what was it the thing where one guy took you all the way, or was it you had to like sort of you know go from where he, where he took you with like I can take you as far as blank, which is like
2: halfway there. Let's see. I think. He took me from Boston to Lowell where I cut another train and took it to Nashua. Ah,
1: uh, see the closest I've ever come to that was uh years ago when I was living in Utah my car broke down by the side of the freeway and I was just sitting there with uh kind of think I don't even remember how this came to be but I was just it was like midnight out in the middle of nowhere in Utah by this town called Clearfield, uh, doing the, the whole lot of nothing, sitting by the side of the road. It's pitch black, and my hazard lights are on, and I don't have a cell phone. And I think I was just sitting there wondering what the hell I was going to do. I think I was actually just sitting by the side of the road thinking, well, this is screwed. I have no money, no car, no phone. I am effed. And the car pulled over, and it was a kind of a young couple like an early twenties couple who offered to take me to their house where I could call like the man to come uh to come uh, tow my car and in retrospect, I have no i mean i guess i just didn 't have any options i'd never met them before didn't they could have just taken me home and just boiled me in a vat of acid i have i mean i would have been completely i would have been totally and completely at their mercy, and then fortunately they didn't all right well fair enough so but you shouldn't, you shouldn't do that, probably. I, I would imagine most it, of the it's time. It's a
2: very bad thing. It was one of the foolish things that he did
1: in my youth. That's the thing, because you look back and you realize you could end up like these guys where some dude just takes a straight razor to your face mm-hmm. or something. All right, here's Tim Riley. Uh, time for a corpse watch. Here's your corpse watch for uh, Wednesday on the Rick Emerson radio program. What better way to start the morning?
6: I'm digging up bombs, I'm digging up phone)
2: A funeral director has been charged with abuse of a corpse after investigators found digital photos dating back five years of the director posing with his penis touching the feet of a nude female cadaver. According to court documents, James Howard Patton is free on $1,500 bail after being charged with a classy misdemeanor. An investigator with the Houston Police Department is looking into allegations of internet harassment lodged against Patton by his ex-girlfriend But an April 2nd search warrant turned up several photos in his computer. Uh. It was unclear from court documents whether there was more than one corpse or more than one incident. Uh, Let's see. The woman said Patton was taken out of service when the allegations surfaced. And, oh, he no longer works for the funeral home. Very disturbing allegations. I hope people understand that this incident is unusual and not indicative of how we perform services here.
1: Although we should note that it's clearly usual enough that we, in fact, have an entire segment of the show dedicated to abuse of corpses. Was this the, so? This wasn't the girlfriend that found the photos, this was like the, the, the cops. cops, yeah. Because that would be, I, I mean, look, I mean, one thing, you, know, you find porn or you find the, you know, whatever. You find something filed away, like in your boyfriend or girlfriend or the husband's computer or something. And you find the photos of your boyfriend with his member out touching the feet of a female corpse. And it's always the feet. That's the other thing. It's never... What is
3: it with the feet?
1: I don't know. See, I don't know the answer to that. What is the answer to that? Well, Sarah accused me for the longest time of having a foot fetish, which I don't, uh, for the record. But I am fascinated by it. I mean, the foot fetish is really just one of the... It, I do find that to be a really compelling uh, sort of deviation in the uh, in the in the human psyche because because there just doesn't seem like I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it It doesn't matter to me but there just doesn't seem to be any reason for it like there's I don't I don't get the whole deal with feet only because like why would you like where does that come from I can understand fetishizing a lot of the other uh, body parts because some of them are overtly sexual there's some sort of like evolutionary or like reproductive I guess motivation for that but with feet like what I it, it, there can 't be like that many people in America that have traumatic childhood incidents regarding feet right so there 's got to be some other place that that comes from The whole thing is just uh, see that 's the kind of thing that I would go to college to try to figure out is, is it to figure out like why why always the feet makes no sense at all All right well there you go so um, so along with don 't hitchhike, don 't uh, end up at that uh, funeral parlor wherever that is there 's your corpse watch i
6: 'm digging up bone
1: It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO coming up at 6 o'clock. Ball talk with Greg Nibbler, Ryan White from the Oregonian will be here at uh, 7 a.m. And Charles Cross, who has written a new book about Led Zeppelin at 7.40, plus Busted Magazine at uh, 8.20 this morning You'll be listening. The Rick Emerson Show continues next with more from Tim Riley. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. It's Wednesday morning. Stay with us. This
0: is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 for
1: Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's Wednesday morning. Coming up at six o'clock, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. Later on this morning, Ryan White from the Oregonian will be here to talk about uh, all things musical, and we'll count down the top five prison songs. Because coming up in the eight o'clock hour, we'll uh, be speaking to the good folks from Busted Newspaper. I guess, Is the full name Look Who's Been Busted? I guess it must. I always be.
3: just call it busted.
1: I think that's what everybody calls it, but I wonder if that's maybe like a trademark issue, where like maybe uh, like maybe busted was already taken, and so the, the it does the,
3: say look who's been busted. So
1: I, yeah, I wonder if that maybe is like a legal distinction or whatever. But um so if you want to uh, pick up a uh, copy, this the new uh, issue is the one that has the the two chicks on the cover, the busted babes. One of whom kind of looks uh, strangely like uh, Allison Hannigan from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, like if she was to be all tarted up. Oh, by the way, you want to talk about something that was sort of equal parts th- th- kind of hot and creepy? I saw this morning somebody sent me um, Allison Hannigan. She was the uh, this one time at Band Camp girl from American Pie. Somebody sent me the audition tape, like the actual, like the footage of her audition for American Pie, where she is doing that scene. And it's you know, and I think at that point she hadn't really established herself much of an actress. I don't think she'd really done any acting before she was on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. But it's Allison Hannigan in the audition room doing that sequence from American Pie, where she talks about the Band Camp and the flute. And she's just got that weird, like, strangely innocent thing going on, and it's like you kind of feel creepy watching it because I mean, you—I you, mean, you've all seen like audition tapes, where it's basically just somebody with a camcorder, and so it's like you're watching this terrible, like, low-budget porn. It was—I actually had to turn it off after a while because I just uh, like, even though I know she's just doing lines from a script, it was all.
3: Uh, maybe it feels did you feel creepy. dirty? I
1: did actually, and I—and the thing is, Alison Hannigan is really hot and—and a, and a pervert, by the way. Because I've seen enough uh, uh, interviews with her and enough photo shoots that she's done to know that she's not shy about such things, but just watching her just do those lines while some off-screen voice like is doing the other part with her, it was just—it was like I was watching the prelude to some sort of weird snuff film. I—I I had to, uh, yeah, I had to shut that uh, off. Here's Tim Riley.
4: Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth. This is Tim Riley.
2: Good morning. It is five forty-seven. Highs today in the mid-sixties with partly cloudy skies. A little bit warmer out this morning than it has been. Jobs for Clark County: five hundred eighty new ones coming. They're likely to be created over the next few months thanks to a three million dollar grant in federal stimulus money. They're being awarded to two power companies. One million goes to Christensen Yachts. They're going to build wind turbines for tomorrow. That'll create two hundred jobs. Then there's NCS Power. They got two million from the government. For LED manufacturing, 380 jobs will be created by that award. So, the future is in Clark County. Excellent. One of the big shots at Lincoln Studios leaving, Harry Selick, who's the uh, stop-action genius who put together Coraline, is leaving. Coraline made a lot of money. It made $75 million in the U.S. and $47 million abroad. But with like all studios, if you don't have a project, it's time to move on. So Henry
1: Selleck is the guy. He did Coraline. He also mm-hmm. did James and the Giant Peach. Mm-hmm. He was the director. Well, and I think he did Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm pretty certain he did. He did. I mean, that Night was like...
2: Before Christmas.
1: Yeah, everybody calls it a Tim Burton film, but it was really a Henry Selleck film. Uh, and then I think, if memory serves, I think Henry Selleck's next project is going to be a stop-motion zombie musical love story. I think.
3: That's kind of amazing. It
1: is, uh, because we, were you, did you go to the Coraline premiere, was mm-hmm. it just me? It wasn't just
2: me, was it? It was just you. It was just you. No. I was unemployed, I couldn't go anywhere.
3: Nobody else was invited. Nobody asked me.
2: You. Oh, sorry. Did mean to uh, uncork
1: a painful memory there. Well, when I when just I went to the Coraline nobody premiere. Nobody
2: called me back then. I, uh,
1: the, well, it was, I mean, if it makes you feel better, apparently nobody else went, either. oh, that's when I called, that is when I called you.
3: And told Terry you, Hatcher was there, right? and because this, oh.
1: the, the, because, and this is how this is how uh, the favors are distributed in this world. This is this is the perverse nature, uh, you know, of just of uh, how the dynamic with us works. The, I of all people went. Not that I didn't have a good time, I did. But I of all people went, and then the part of going to the Coraline premiere, which was downtown at the Schnitzer. I can never remember. It's the one across from the, from the movie theater. Well, whatever. Anyway, it's th- the Broadway. That's that's the one that. Uh... I forget, too. See what I mean? I can never tell. I've lived here for 12 years. I can never tell any of the theaters apart. It was not the Newmark, which I think makes it the schnitzer. It is the Arlene schnitzer concert. It's where Mythbusters was. So that's the schnitzer. That's anyway, the nice one. We were there before. So I was there for the Coraline uh, premiere, and then they had, you know, and I got to meet Brad Bird, who did the Iron Giant and the Incredibles, and that was pretty awesome. And uh, and I, I saw Phil Knight walk by, and I almost spoke with him, but then I was afraid that I would uh, wrong him in some way, and he would have me killed um, and buried in a landfill, so, I didn't do that, but I called Sarah later and I said, Yeah, so I was at the Coraline premiere. That was pretty awesome. Terry Hatcher was there. Dakota Fanning walked by. It was pretty great. And, uh, and you said, What are you doing now? And I go, I oh, don't know. There was an after party, but I'm just going to go home. And so I could just hear you clenching the phone angrily on oh, no, the nice, other end of the line. Oh, because
3: you offered me your, um, your ticket to the. That's after
1: right. Party. I, that's right. But you weren't able to go because it was kind of late in the evening. But there was this after party, and they gave you sort of a, like, the, the, like a key because that was the whole Coraline thing it was like a key tied to a button. And I just sort of went, ah, that's great. I put it in my pocket and left. So that is, uh, that's how the universe uh, decides to divvy things up with this. They only offer things to people who don't want them. And the th- people who do want those things are never offered. That's, uh, that just seems to be our
2: lot here. Uh, here's Tim Riley at the news desk. Looks like layoffs are even coming to eBay. Now, they announced they were structuring. And uh, apparently there are more layoffs to follow. The online auction giant does plan layoffs part of the restructuring that fuses product and technology leadership. That's what they all say. But inside eBay, staff are worried about their own hides. eBay spokesman said layoffs could be small in scale, but one eBayer believed... That the NBA-led company is planning to cut the lowest-performing five percent of the staff. What do people? Do well, there? I was just going to ask. What do you need to do at
1: eBay? Like, what? What do people possibly have to do there? I mean, I know that sounds like a daft question in some coding. Uh, no, in, will in da- all these places. What do people do in these places? Especially a site like eBay, which How is where Facebook. What do people do at Facebook? At least at Facebook. Well, wait a minute. I don't know the answer to that either. I was going to say, well, Tim, that's. I'm obvious. going to job at Facebook. Doing
3: what? I know somebody whose sister works at uh, MySpace. But See, I no and idea it's idea all like
1: user-generated content, mm-hmm. right? That's the thing. Like, what are they? I mean, I understand you need a team of nerds in the basement to make sure the web pages don't crash. I, I mean, I get that. But so, there are hundreds and hundreds
2: of people working at these places.
1: And but there at eBay, one. where everything is is being done by the user base, right? Like some you know person <laughs> A puts something up for sale, person B it buys it. It's like what is the what does the guy at eBay do other than sit there and cash checks? Especially because they talked. I remember in the early days of the sort of dot com boom. They were pointing out that eBay was the only one of those companies that ever made any money. Because I think... They take a little slice of each sale. Is yep. that the deal? Is that how eBay works? And I guess there I are so, so many so. sales that they do make money. So. I mean, I've never purchased anything... Let me take that back. I've never sold anything on eBay. I have purchased things from I've eBay. i purchased things on eBay. It, does it, selling things on eBay seems hard. And maybe it's not, but it seems like... I've, do, I've gone to do it two or three times, and it just seems way too difficult, which makes me feel old. <laughs> I mean, the... Because don't you have to do something like, I, I don't know how you handle like shipping and you know, and like. Uh, you
3: have to like mail it out at a certain time and make it, sure everyone's satisfied.
1: But is it a thing where you have to like, you, where like they pay it directly to your bank account or does it go directly I think they, to it eBay? PayPal. PayPal, yeah. It goes into PayPal. It goes into PayPal. It just seemed, I remember I went to sell something really stupid but that I thought would make money. It was a thing like, it was you know, like a lot of stuff on eBay. Everybody thinks you
2: going to make money on eBay
1: and they don't. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't going to do it like as a living. Although I do, in back in like I don't know, like eighty, like ninety eight, ninety nine, before the dot com thing kind of imploded, I do know more than one person who quit their job because they had big plans to just make a living selling stuff on eBay or something very similar mm-hmm. to that. Uh, all of whom were just effed within like three or four months. The one time I went to sell something, it was like. I don't know. It was like a gold record or something uh, that I had been given at some radio station where I worked years ago. It was like a band I didn't care about. It was like a gold record for Sting or something. Uh, And it was, you know, in congratulations for three million units sold. Would you like a Soul Cages gold record? Sure, I'll take it with me wherever I go. And then I just figured I'd sell it. And I think I got to like stage two where I was creating a login. And then I went, this is really hard. And I just turned it off and I put the thing back in my basement. So that was my that was my one eBay experience. You know what they ought to do if layoffs are coming to eBay? This is how my mind works, and so I apologize in advance for the cold, heartless nature of how this sounds, but this is just the way my brain is structured. They ought to do a reality show where the eBay employees whose jobs are at risk, they bid to keep their jobs. No, 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 I'll get you coffee every morning. I'll get you coffee and shine your shoes. No, 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 I'll get you coffee and shine your shoes, and I'll work three hours of overtime a week and won't be paid for it. And then they... And then they bid to keep their jobs. Let's test out my instant replay, Sarah. All right. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101, KUFO. Coming up at the top of the hour, ball talk with Greg Nibbler. Uh, See you laugh, but you're going to see that done. And it'll be like in a Japanese game show or something. And then everyone will know I'm a genius. Or Seven o'clock, Ryan White from the Oregonian and the guys from Busted Newspapers. Stay there, the Rick Emerson Show continues. Next.
4: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101, KUFO. KUFO, Portland. You know
1: they- uh, okay, it's the Rick Emerson Show. Let you. on Rock 101 and KUFO. Hey, speaking of sneezing, let me ask you this. So I'm not the only one here with a cleaning fetish, I think, uh, all of us. Greg, are you a clean freak in some way? some way, yes, all especially right. around here. Wait a minute. Have we given you the interrogation yet? Have we ever given Greg the interrogation? I don't think so.
5: I'm not sure what you're referring to, Greg Nibbler.
1: Well, this is something that uh, that everybody has to go through if they spend any amount of time on the show. Do you have any um, OCD
5: traits of any kind? Be honest. Um, don't lie.
1: Don't
3: try and make something up to try and uh, seem more kooky or hide no. I'm, I'm not going to make you seem less kooky. I'm That's not right. going to
5: make something up. Uh, I don't that I can think of. Who was it that we, I have uh, things that annoy me? I have like pet peeves, but I don't have I don't have really OCD
3: have traits that, that I can to, think of. Like, obsessively do. <laughs>
5: You have no, no uh, you have no compulsions or tics or things that you got to like uh, do in a certain way or at the like, you, rub a doorknob you, three times or something like that. Theoretically speaking, yes. Uh, not that I can think of, no, really, no. Okay, well, fair no. enough. I have Let's a lot of pet peeves. You. A lot of things annoy me, but but I don't. But well, they're not like traits. If we just wait
3: Blackberry for five minutes, we'll see how it reacts. <laughs> so, is there, <laughs> yeah, now yeah, that is
1: there that a thing?
5: It. How, let me put it this way. Is there a thing you got
1: to see? Maybe you do have OCD traits and you don't really recognize it. Are the things you have to do every day in a certain order or things that have got to be set? Or, uh, or And orientated is a word, by the way, despite the, the fact that people lambaste me for using it. Uh, is, is there anything you have to sort of orientate in a certain way physically every day? Like your, your blackberry's got to sit here. Your pens have got to sit here. Something's got to go in a gesture right over here. Um, and does it bother you to a disproportionate degree if things are not that way?
5: No, I mean, I sometimes I do like things, like, stacked neatly, but uh, it's not going to, to bother me or ruin sort my of, day. like if, if, this, if the stack were to be put off kilter slightly or, like, to the left a little bit, it wouldn't drive you nuts? No. Do you
3: have a certain path that you have to travel, like, when you go places, or maybe, like...
5: Uh, do you
1: count the number of paths when you're walking?
3: I don't know, or like... Like, when
5: I go to the bathroom, I have to walk around the couch, not this way, yes, I know, like, 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 something like that? Something like, like that? Like,
3: say, for example, you're traveling on your bicycle and you need to head home, but then you always have to drive through, like, these... Two um, metal poles, and then if you didn't, you don't know what would happen to you.
5: Something like that.
3: Something like that.
5: Some somebody you know maybe that
1: does yeah. that. Or like um,
3: eat or eat things two at a time.
5: Or maybe
1: no. uh, maybe mm-hmm. touch the corners of walls a certain way with your uh, with your elbow <laughs> when you go around. <laughs> 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 Not that we know anybody who does those things. Uh, okay. No, no, so hypothetical,
5: weird. of course. Uh, no, or, uh, that would be bizarre. That's I don't do that. Or uh, tear off the uh, the pieces of paper from your legal pad in the
1: same way every day. And if you screw it up, you have to keep tearing pieces of paper until they're torn off precisely correctly. And then you have to twist them in just the right way and put them into a certain trash can. Or maybe a specific pen for the office and one for the studio. <laughs>
3: Shut <laughs> up! I can't touch either one. <laughs>
1: uh, well, okay. Well, never mind. Who do we know that made something up? That was trying to. it was. That, well, I like it's my a Peter
3: card no, no, it wasn't Peter. It, it
1: was, was somebody like that, though. It was like some some friend of the show who's. It was like that they had a preference for a certain kind of toast or something. It was unbelievably dull. The only reason I ask this is, and then we'll get to what ball talk here in one moment, is just just now, and this is less of an OCD thing than just the fact that there's certain things that bug me. If I, it is well known and well done, di- and in fact. Actually documented because when the Tribune did that article about us, this was like the very first. This was like in the first sentence, I think, of the article. It noted that when I was being interviewed, I was sitting at my desk compulsively cleaning um, white specks that were visible only to me off yeah, the desk one, in front of me.
3: Gross that you do. It's,
1: yeah, and I, and I, like, right there. I do it, to, I do it even now. Or you get
3: obsessive, or like, I'll be walking down the hallway and it won't bother me. Like, my tag was sticking out yesterday. You're like, sir, your tag's sticking out. I'm like, yeah, I know. And you're like, put in your tag, sir, put in your, tag. Sir, sir, you put your tag. tag, put in your tag, sir, put in your tag, all right? Put your tag, put your, yeah, your tag. I can't tag. continue with my write, day. Uh your tag. <laughs>
1: uh, but I will. I will be really bothered by pieces of, like, paper or scrap paper or things that are lying on the floor, especially in the car. Like, here, god, you know, and, god damn, a radio station is the worst place to have a neat fetish because you just work with pigs, just filth. You work with just—and I don't mean filth like dirt. I mean, like, people. Like, you, you work with just, the, like, the most slovenly bastards on Earth. And I think was that way at some point in my life. I think—I I believe I was really a grubby person, but it was working in radio— where it was just like some sort of weird shock treatment that I just came I came out of it just like an absolute OCD freak for cleanliness in certain areas of my life. The thing that I can't stand is bits of scrap paper or trash on the carpet, uh, or like in a hallway especially. Like if I'm walking to the bathroom and there's like, you know, like a little piece of paper towel or something that's laying on the carpet outside the bathroom door, I have to stop and pick it up. I cannot leave it there. And just now during the break, over in the corner of the studio, there was like a wadded up piece of paper that was on the floor by the trash I can. Throw that over there. Where, so- where someone, Sarah Dillon, had thrown...
3: <laughs> I was going to come back and... How can I you throw a coffee?
1: piece of paper in the trash and then it misses, it goes on the floor and you just leave it there? What
3: do you mean, Rick? Do you mean like this? I don't understand. I don't understand. Thank you so much. What are you talking about? Thanks, I appreciate that. <laughs> you Thank mean? you. Oh, oh, I missed. Yeah. I
1: see, missed. I can't see it though. I can't I can't see that it's on the floor. Is it on the floor? See, and now it's just going to it's gonna bug me. It's going to bug me until, until I get a chance to go and clean it up. So during the break, I was like, look at that. Some bastard left a piece of paper on the floor. And I reached <laughs> down to grab it, and it was a tissue, and it was a wadded-up oh, no, used tissue. tissue. It was a used Kleenex. But here's the thing is, like, I am such a nutcase about cleaning pieces of paper off the floor that I have, in fact, developed a whole different like kung fu grip that I use just for picking up used Kleenexes off the floor. Over the the years, I've developed this. You know, like I pick up pieces of paper normally. If there's a piece of Kleenex, I do this like kind of crab. You know what it is? My hand becomes like one of those cranes in the kids game at the supermarket (laughs) where I just, it's like I can just cup the crane underneath it and just so it's barely touching my fingertips. And then I go compulsively wash my hands a hundred times. So I was going to thank whoever it is that put that used tissue in the floor. No problem. Now I know that she's right here. That's great. That's wonderful. Uh, At this juncture, uh, should we uh, do ball talk on the other side of this? All right. Well, there you go. Fortunately, I'm not obsessed about doing things uh, when I say I'm going to do them. Otherwise, that would have kept me out of radio many, many years ago. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show continues next with Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. Stay right there.
0: This is The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns on Rock 101 KUFO.
3: You gotta just start listing fears.
5: <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's things that annoy
1: me, but. All right. I like when Sarah and I are just trying to beat an OCD tree out, uh, <laughs> trade out of you, something that we're convinced is actually there. All right. By the way, I'd like to thank Sarah for, uh, during the break, uh, taking a handful of small pieces of white paper and sprinkling them all over the uh, counter over here. So I have to. Uh, more
3: over here. Yeah, that's great. See, but that's.
1: But if I, I don't see them, see, I can't notice them. I have, uh, from where I paper am...
3: paper on the ground,
1: that's I picked it up and put it in the trash, you damn woman. But I can't see... <laughs> from where I am, I if there are specks on your countertop over there, I they're not visible to me, so it's like, if I can't see them... But then, like, strangely enough... I wipe enough, away the specks when I come in here. See, that's a thing you do, where you uh, take that Purell sanitizer to the entire studio.
2: Well, that, and I come in here, and I, I don't know what it is, but wherever we go, everything is covered with grease. Yes. <laughs> and there's, like... Grease smudges on everything in here when I come in. the. I park. like
1: you say you don't know what it is, even though we all know exactly what it is. It's that you work with DJs, and I mean, which is really like working with livestock. But livestock have the excuse of having tiny brains. Wash your hands. Yes, not going to happen. It's five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Tim Riley is tracking the following headlines for you on this Wednesday morning.
2: Well, Mindy McCready denies leaking that Eric Dane Rebecca Gayhart sex tape. Florida cats are killed in a fire started by ants. Mary Cheney is reportedly pregnant again, and Brad and Angelina Jolie hold a secret meeting.
1: Is the Florida uh, cat-ant thing, is that the one with the reporter who should never be allowed near a microphone ever again?
2: Yes. Okay, that's awesome. I've heard part of that. We can uh, play that later on. I'm sorry, it should have been Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston holding a secret meeting.
1: Wait, what did you say? Angelina Jolie. Oh, see, I figured that either. Well, because there, aren't they busted up too? Didn't that the...
3: uh... I don't think so. Did I miss something? I think it
1: was People Magazine that said that he moved out. He was living somewhere that he's got a different... He's either living in a different house, or he is living in a separate, like a sort of cordoned-off section of the same house and is looking for his own place. All
3: right, so I looked at Brad and Angelina, and the first thing that popped up was uh, breakup.
1: Yeah, I think that... uh, I don't think they've officially said anything about it yet, but all of the tabloids seem to agree that they are no longer... uh, I mean, Brad Pitt, oh. which makes sense. I mean, she's kind of like, see, that's a woman who has some, uh she seems like the adoptive version of that woman in Decatur or whatever, that woman that keeps shoving kids out compulsively but she's got like 18 of them. Mm-hmm. They're like an adopting version of that, which I think if you're Brad Pitt is probably interesting or maybe... Maybe even sort of sweet in a way because it's maternal at first, but then you realize you've just got like 19 kids uh, that your wife bought in some other country uh, that you've got to like, uh, you know, that you got to take care of. Mm-hmm. So I think that'd wear on you after a while, especially if you have got like a career and whatnot. Anyway, yeah, the, but the tabloids all seem to agree that they have uh, they have gone their separate ways, and that Jennifer Aniston is still sitting at home staring at the phone waiting for it to ring.
3: And <laughs> apparently, it always does. I mean, like he always comes running back to her for those secret meetings.
1: I just don't understand what that's. I mean, I don't get the appeal of her in that. I mean, she seems like a nice person. Oh, no, I think she's hot. I, she is. She's, she's hot skinny. to me. I think she's pretty, and I think she's cute. I don't think she's hot, though. She's, got no, yeah, she's got no sex appeal to me at all. She oh. does not seem sexy. Oh, see, I think she's way hotter than Angelina Jolie. Yeah, I just don't. I, Angelina Jolie seems hot, I think, because she seems kind of nuts. Uh, yeah, whereas, Angelina,
3: Jolie, Angelina Jolie used to be a lot hotter, like in the Gia phase. Yes. Or like Foxfire. Foxfire.
1: Really I think yeah. she is hot and because she seems a little off-kilter, which is clearly what Billy Bob Thornton uh saw on her. The thing with uh, with uh, uh, Jennifer Aniston though, is I get the feeling Jennifer Aniston I at home, I picture her just sitting uh, around like staring at the phone with a bunch of speaking of tissues, a bunch of scrunched up uh, tissues like around Howard her. Hughes? Yeah, and and then like a like a bunch of empty Breyer's ice cream boxes no, everywhere. She just
3: looks so boring. I can see her in like really gross stretched out gray sweatpants and cheap skin slippers. <laughs> Just awesome. like never leaving her house with her hair all kind of matted up. Like, yeah, waiting, clutching the ice cream, waiting for breakfast. to college. Watching
1: <laughs> Lifetime movies and streaming Screaming why and pounding your fist into the air. <laughs> Rewatching old episodes of Friends. Somebody get me some more dibs. Uh, on that note, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler.
5: All right. I'm Greg Nibbler. Let's talk balls. So. I'm going to have some breaking NFL news here in just a moment. A uh, big thing has just happened in the NFL. I'll tell you all about that here in a second. But first, in baseball, the Minnesota Twins are in the playoffs. The Twins beat the Tigers 6-5 to in 12 innings last night. It was a 4-hour and 37-minute game to, cl- to uh, clinch the American League Central title in their one-game playoff to see who gets to go to the playoffs. And, of course, this comes after last week when... Um, the Tigers have essentially failed since September 6th. They had a seven-game lead in the division, and since September 6th, they went 3-5. And, and That includes last weekend when they, had, they could only win one game from Saturday and Sunday. They had two games back-to-back. If they won one game, they would have clinched the title, but uh, they lost Saturday's game, and Miguel Cabrera decided to go out and get uh, annihilated uh, that night. Uh, extremely intoxicated, and he ended up going to jail. His wife sent him to jail. Uh, they got in a fight. They had scratches all over their faces, and He blew a .26 blood alcohol content that night. That's like four times the legal limit. Yeah, it's it's an insane amount of alcohol. So naturally, he didn't play too good on that following Sunday. And uh, continuing the Tigers' losing streak, they are out of the playoffs right now. So, yeah, .26. I mean, that's that's an insane amount of alcohol.
1: Was he thinking that it would, like, help him loosen up somehow? I don't know. I, I don't think it would be more
5: limber. Well, yeah, and then him and his wife got in a fight, and apparently they both had scratches all over their faces, and it's just a giant mess. Okay. So, uh, anyway, that was going on in baseball. Uh, in NFL news, Rush Limbaugh. Of all people. Yes, Rush Limbaugh and NFL News have combined here. He is apparently making a bid for the St. Louis Rams. Uh, Him and the St. Louis Blues owner are uh, combining and going to bid to uh, purchase the Rams. So I feel sorry for them. The team is already terrible. They're one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in the NFL. And now they're going to have Rush Limbaugh walking around. He's telling him, them what to do. Uh, he's a big NFL uh, fan, though. I mean, he is—he's
1: a guy who really does know sports. I will—I
5: uh, will say that. Yeah, he—he he is. He used to work for the Kansas City Royals too, I believe. That uh, is true. Baseball, yeah, back in the day. So he does know sports, but God, I couldn't imagine working for that guy.
1: I—I uh, I always thought that they did make a mistake on Monday Night Football by not uh, going with him as one of
5: their—you know—because there was that. Uh, I think they had Dennis Miller for however many. How long is Dennis Miller on Monday Night Football? I think Dennis Miller only lasted a year. Uh, if I'm correct, I believe it was a year, maybe two years. I think
1: it's you can only make so many Tigris and Euphrates references during Monday Night Football yeah, before somebody
5: in an office goes, you know, what does that mean? Get me a dictionary. Fire him! Yeah, the dude eating nachos doesn't want to hear Dennis Miller go off. I don't like words. I don't understand. They make words make me angry. Change the channel. Well, and Rush Limbaugh made the comment. The reason that he got uh, kicked off of that was because he made a comment about Donovan McNabb, the right. black quarterback of the Philadelphia that. Eagles. Yeah, he said the only reason the media was rooting for him is because they wanted to see a black quarterback succeed. I forgot all about that. Well, he does have
1: just a a magical ability to open mouth and insert foot all the way down to his bottom, doesn't he?
5: Yes, and now he will be uh, maybe in charge of the St. Louis Rams. So uh, in other NFL news, breaking news, Braylon Edwards of the Cleveland Browns. Has been traded to the New York Jets. Yes, Braylon Edwards, uh, star receiver for the Cleveland Browns, has been traded. Um, he's he's a star receiver, but he's also been kind of in the news a lot lately for an incident at a club in Cleveland where apparently he beat up one of LeBron James's buddies. Uh, part of LeBron James not his entourage, but I think like his inner circle, his business group that he has, because LeBron James employs all of his buddies. And apparently, this guy was at the club, and I guess he's tall or uh, small and skinny, and uh, Braylon Edwards just beat the crap out of them for some reason. So that is uh, another reason you may know the Braylon Edwards name. And uh, again, traded to the Jets just this morning. And in basketball news, the Blazers started their first uh, preseason game last night. They won, and uh, Andre Miller, their recent trade, actually scored 16 points. So now I'm kind of okay with that trade. I wasn't very happy about it before.
1: I The thing about the Blazers is... Every year, there's this sort of, no, 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 this is the year. No, 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 this is the No, 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 I know I said this last year, but this <laughs> is the year. Because I lived in you know, Washington for so long, and you hear the same thing about the Seahawks. That every year, and then there was that, and I, look, I remember the first time the Seahawks actually made it to the playoffs, and it was like... It was like the cure for cancer had been discovered, because then they were actually able to say with some sort of feeling, like, no, 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 now this is really
5: the year. Which I think we've heard a couple times in a row now for the Blazers. I don't really know. I- we we have, but but the Blazers versus the Seahawks, the Seahawks have always sucked. Like, they have no record of success. Blazers have a huge record of success, and then, like, four or five years of drugs and jail and dogfighting and, <laughs> and, and and miserableness. Well, well a guy has to pop, relax. And smoking pot out of a pop can on the side of the road to <laughs> Lake Oswego. <laughs> Those kind of things. So so I think awesome. people are excited about this year. I think it's going to be good. So uh, that is the Blazers. We'll have more info on them uh, as the season goes on. And that concludes this edition of Ball Talk. Awesome. All right. It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program. It's 503-228-4101, 503 503-228- 228
1: 4101. It is 629 a.m. This time check delivered to you by Cooney BMW's 29-minute fast and free service. Performance has an address. Cooney BMW. Coming up next, it is the news with Tim Riley. At uh, seven o'clock, Ryan White from the Oregonian will be here to talk music. 720 to Top Five Prison Songs of All Time. And later on this morning, the guys from Look Who's Been Busted, the newspaper. Rick Emerson show continues next.
0: The Rick Emerson Show continues next -hmm. on Rock 101 KUFO. Mm -hmm. The Rick Emerson Show returns.
2: One has a big tattoo on the right side of his face. Both are heavy set morons.
0: This is Rock 101 KUFO. Mm -hmm.
1: It is the Rick Emerson Radio Program, live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. In mere moments So uh, the news with Tim Riley coming up at 7 o'clock, Ryan White, music critic from the uh, Oregonian Charles Cross, who has written a new book about Led Zeppelin at 740. And at uh, 820, we will talk to the guys behind Look Who's Been Busted, Portland's oh, I'm
3: so excited.
1: finest newspaper. I, uh, I have to stop myself from actually going through this just at every slack moment in my life. Because then I realize that each one of these faces tells a story. I'll even look at
3: old ones. Do I have, like, backup, like, old copies from months ago that I I have around my apartment that I'll just kind of just and some drinking cup of coffee.
1: Well, because it's, I mean, because these photos, uh, these mugshots in Busted, they're classics. I mean...
3: Well, they're great, too, because, like, you meet so many people every day, and it's like, if you have an archive <laughs> of all of these mugshots of people, you would be like, I swear I know them from somewhere, and then well, you can look back at an old copy of Busted and be like, okay. And
1: I don't think so, that anybody's really adequately explored the criminal ugly connection. Do you know what I mean? There's some sort of a weird, I don't know if it's correlative or causative, but there's some ugliness, the, uh, life of criminality connection that yes. mystifies me. I don't know where... I, I there mean, are just, some
3: hot ones in there, though. I've got to say, I, I, it disturbs like the me. the second
1: time you've gone back to how hot sorry, the mug are. There are, are
3: some good-looking guys. There are some girls in there that I know that you would find trashy hot. Yeah, well, I bet that's... I could find girls that you would think are hot. Okay.
1: Well, okay. But perhaps. I, I mean, maybe. I, I don't know. These Drake, girls all we... look kind of beat. And when I say beat, I don't mean, like, worn out. I <laughs> mean, <laughs> because they've been beaten by life, by fists, by batons. Um, you know, which Not
3: is, all of them, though. I mean, some... They're, of them,
1: they're well on their way. Well, I mean... Some are just beginners.
3: I, not everyone can be yeah. Metallica. <laughs> well, give me
1: an example of what you're talking about. Give me uh, an example of, of a hot mugshot girl. I don't know. Let me, I mean, I'm not disputing that. Why okay. don't you find... I'll find... You, I'll tell, tell you this. You find... So we've got the mug, the uh, busted guys coming on in the 8 o'clock hour. So why don't we say between now and then, why don't you find the three female mugshots that, you be- that in your estimation... I will think are hot. Okay,
3: and how about we give each other page numbers? So, All like, right. say, so I'll say someone on page seventeen. I All think it's right. like seventeen twenty. And then we'll see if they match. Yes, and right. see if I th- if I think that. Those All right, and
1: are then I'll uh, and like then we'll the uh, yeah, and then we'll we'll put a scan of this up later so you can uh, so you can see. And what we'll, we'll just looking
3: steer at. clear of the um sex abuse page.
1: I was just gonna. And did you see this guy named Justice? Uh, his name is Don Justice. And then of, you know, and you think, oh, that's funny. And then the less funny part: rape, sodomy, sex penetration for an object. It'll be a long... T- well, I guess justice has been served. And will be for 5 to 10. Ladies and gentlemen at the news desk, it's your personal savior.
4: Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
2: Good morning. It's 643. It's going to be in the mid-60s today. It's warmer up this morning than it has been. Sex criminals have been arrested five people in a child sex investigation. Apparently, some guy was... Supplying these young girls with alcohol and marijuana. And invited other people on Craigslist to engage in sexual activity with these teens. Was that here? This is in Newburgh, which is an upscale community. You
1: would think that Newburgh would, uh, would not be a hotbed of such uh, horrible debauchery. Well, then ugly
2: people move in, and that's when the problems start.
1: <coughs> I'm sorry. I had a mouthful of liquid right there. Well, I mean, who can disagree? Do you suppose that ugly people just look in the mirror? It sounds up. See, this makes it sound like I like I believe myself to be a pretty person, which is not the case. But I don't look like Don Justice in here, okay? I mean, and I don't have a chin full of tattoos of stars. But I wonder if people, because don't we all agree that there's ugly, and then there's just, and then there's ugly that has a certain has a certain kind of dirty menace to it. And I wonder if those people look in the mirror one day and they go, "Well, that's it. It's just a just a life of raping and robbery." Well, for I'm, me.
2: I'm looking at the mugshots of these people, and they're all ugly.
1: Yeah, I. Or is it crime that perhaps makes you an ugly person? I don't mean like in a spiritual, like the ugliness within becomes the ugliness outside. But I mean...
3: Well, it's easy with like meth because you get scabs on the face.
1: See, that's I guess when your face is covered in scabs, really, then um, that's uh, that's a shortcut to being at the bottom end of the beauty chain. But I, I wonder if there's something about living a kind of stressful life, you know, of being like a burglar or something, if that just wears you
2: out uh, prematurely and then you end the ball wrinkly and off-putting. So the ugliest person of all is being held on a million dollars bail is 44-year-old Darren Daly, who uh, allegedly is the instigator of all this. So, this happened in Newburgh. Some other people arrested, Patricia Marino of Forest Grove, Robert Thompson of Portland, Alicia Nice of McMinville, and David Garcia of McMinnville, all on sex abuse charges. All ugly people. Meanwhile, a Multnomah County jury has found... Remember that Del Monte plant they got in trouble in St. John's for hiring all the illegal aliens? Yes. It blamed it on somebody else. Well, now they're in trouble for their own wrongdoing. They have violated oregon 's minimum wage law. This plant is at uh, ninety two forty three north Rivergate out in the middle of nowhere. Is this where the Willamette sent was it yes, the Willamette yes. that sent Same reporters way.
1: in undercover yep mm-hmm. uh, and they found they were just hiring a bunch of illegals and et cetera et cetera
2: and then they blamed it on somebody else right so now there 's more problems apparently they weren 't even paying their employees' minimum wage. They were requiring them to uh, do things off the clock so now they 're in trouble. Oregon law provides a penalty of 30 days' wages, about $1,800 for each person whose uh, minimum wage rights were violated. And all these people were. What is the the class action? 1,200. There were 1,200 people working in this place, probably. uh, I mean, a lot of them were legal back then, and who knows how many at this point but even with that going on, they're still ripping them off further. What is the, what is the, what is the minimum wage? Is the state federal it's, wage different than the, the, f- yes, the federal minimum wage? The, the state wage is higher. Does that? Yes, it takes precedence. That takes over precedence the, right. over the federal minimum wage? Mm-hmm,
1: yes. So it, it's, you would think that, because I don't they have to have a sign posted somewhere that yes, says? they do. So like there's the there's the three things there's the this is the the minimum wage sign that's always in the break room there's the uh don't go groping the secretary uh, and telling her she has to put out or you'll fire her sign and then there's the here's what to do if you see blood or another, like a pool of other bodily fluids uh, here's who you call about
2: that so they and must then, have then there, there's the first aid kit which is full of tasty candy that does nothing
1: first aid kit which is full of placebos and rubber gloves uh and anyway, well you think the Del Monte the folks sea, would steal
2: bodily waste kit. What is that? Somebody has to open
1: that up one of these. <laughs> no. I want to know what's in it. Here's the we opened the bodily waste kit. That sounds horrible. But you know what I mean, in the first aid in the first aid box in the kitchen. Last week before I went up to the survive it and drive it thing. That was before uh listener Jeff offered up the hazmat suit. Because we were thinking, well, what about that thing in the in the first aid kit? You're supposed to use, uh, you know, for bodily fluid, and it's such like a rag. It's like a rag and a glove, and that's it. And then there's that weird plasticky thing that you use for <laughs> giving CPR to somebody who might vomit into your mouth. Um, <laughs> which is like, and there's no other way to put it. I mean, I I hate that they use such a gross phrase, that thing, but that's but it.
3: I want to open it because I've never seen what one of those looks like.
1: It looks. I think it's just a. Uh, what is it? I think it is just it looks like um
3: I mean what what contraption can you make to it, make someone not throw up on you?
1: I believe it looks like the mouthpiece from a scuba diving outfit, but in So the, what if they choke on their own vomit if they couldn't vomit into your mouth. Yeah, but that's their problem. <laughs> that's what they get that's what they get for requiring CPR. <laughs> this vomit's gotta go somewhere. <laughs> um, well, I, 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 your mouth. I do not I do not grant receipt of this vomit. Return to sender. Doesn't, but I think the deal with that vomiting guard is that it looks like the mouthpiece from a scuba diving outfit, but in the middle is a sort of hinged plastic flap that, when you blow into their mouth for CPR, it blows, but it doesn't go the other way.
3: So does the flap close?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, it only, the hinge only goes one way. But, but then again, maybe I'm just making that up. I think that's how that works, though. I think, I think Greg maybe, is going to get the thing.
2: Okay, I was going to say I think maybe so that's I'm the sure. vomiting flap.
1: I never guessed, Tim. The vomit flap. I, uh, which is the name of my new, uh, it's my new industrial band. I never thought about that. That if they try to vomit into your mouth and you block it, which is sort of like blocking, you know, let's like going for the three point shot and you block that, the the vomit is just going to go right back into their lungs and then they're going to be dead. Well, but then you then well, that's what you get for helping people. Well, but I mean that's the thing. I mean, really, I mean, you know, this uh, with any the the um, the only other option there is to not help them at all, in which case they would certainly die. So, all right. Well, in any event, hey, did you ever have you ever seen those signs that they have? in restaurants, and in New York, I think it's a law that they have to be displayed everywhere because in New York, they are omnipresent, and it's the how to administer CPR and stop choking signs, and there are these little signs that are in every restaurant about how to do the Heimlich maneuver and perform CPR, and the ones at Starbucks are especially hilarious. I actually wish I'd taken a photograph because it, first of all, they're funny because they've got those weird, you know, they're drawings, but it's like the weird faceless figures that are almost like mannequins, um... And so they have two there 's one for how to administer CPR, one for how to uh, administer the Heimlich maneuver. The Heimlich one is amusing, and you wonder if there was an incident at some point that prompted this sign because it actually says if the person can speak or breathe, do not administer this; They do not need to be assisted. So you wonder if there if there was something like a lawsuit because some guy was clearing his throat and immediately some uh, uh you know some guy ran over to try to be a hero and just broke the guy 's ribs. You know, like uh, somebody I- I- incorrectly decided to administer the Heimlich and like shattered the guy's thorax. Do you have the vomit guard?
3: I do. All right, let me uh, see what this is uh, all there about
1: here. Thank Here's
2: uh, Tim Riley at the news desk. So then there's this kid who lives in Seattle, and police are on an exclusive manhunt for him. Is 18 year old Colton Harris Moore. He is suspected in about 50 burglaries. This since he slipped away from a halfway house in 2008. He's been on the run ever since, and now. They think he's stealing airplanes. He typically breaks into businesses. Wouldn't you know vacational. if he's
1: stolen an airplane? <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's what we call very large.
2: He lies down on the couch and then dashes into the woods he confronted. He earned himself the nickname the Barefoot Burglar by committing some of these crimes and not wearing shoes. So now authorities think he's joyriding in small aircraft. He is suspected of taking three planes from airports around Seattle and crash landing them and then walking away. There are bare footprints inside and outside some hangars that have been broken into. The mother says she doesn't see anything wrong with this. She says, quote, I hope to hell he stole those airplanes. I'd be so proud. Over the weekend, somebody took blankets, shoes, and food from a home at the site where a stolen Cessna crash-landed north of Seattle on an apparent path toward his hometown on Camino Avenue. Island, I should say. So he, SWAT teams have been called out there, and they can't find this kid who's on this island. So he's stealing airplanes. And crashing them for fun. The mother is proud of him. Yes. <laughs> And also, he's the barefoot burglar, and he's he's, he's a big kid, six foot five, two hundred pounds.
1: Now, does everybody get a nickname now? Because don't we have the River Rat guy who's uh, operating in Portland? Have we now entered some new uh, some new era where every
2: burglar is given his own catchy nickname? Not yet, but he does have a fan club, and a Seattle man is selling T shirts bearing his image with the words "Mama Tried."
1: I don't understand the deal of stealing an airplane, though. I mean, again, isn't that like a thing that's at an airport? Don't you have to have isn't there a guy that has to let you take off or Does give you, have you to have, permission? Like, keys I, and stuff. Well, and that's also keys. Don't yes. You spin the propeller and jump in before it
2: decapitates
1: you. Yes, so. you have to run it backward on the kitchen floor and then let it go. I don't think you can. Uh, well, I mean, clearly you can, but I was going to say I don't think you could just hotwire stuff. Like hotwiring is one of those things that I just assume can't really be done.
3: So, I've seen someone hotwire a car.
1: Is it was it an old car?
3: Mm-mm, no, you just uh, like take off.
1: See, but you're just talking about that. You just take off the thing,
3: take off the panel, and then and put the two
1: um, wires together. Yeah. But I thought that was crap. I didn't think you could do that.
3: Mm-mm. No, it works. I
1: almost want to have somebody come hotwire my car just to see if it can be done.
2: I thought this is just, not an invitation to come it. to my house. You didn't sons do of that bitches! Several times already with your truck. <laughs>
3: Seriously, <laughs> obviously it can happen with your truck. Was it stolen again? Okay, no, no, no. I can reveal Nobody's something. No,
1: I sold that truck. We sold the truck.
2: Which is why I can reveal this. I'm so glad you mentioned it. The most that. stolen truck in Southeast has been sold.
3: Okay,
1: so uh, for those of you who uh, maybe uh, are not privy to this story, if you're not a long-time listener, you don't know this, I had until recently this truck, and I can now th- th- speak a little more specifically about it because we don't own it anymore. And I never really described it, A, because I don't you know, like necessarily
4: you
1: know, give a bunch of tales as to you know where my house is. Not that everybody's going to stop by, but I mean, you know. Um, and also because the truck had been stolen multiple times. Uh, so lara and i had a um i'll just call it a red pickup we had a red pe- a, a red pickup that had been stolen not once not twice but thrice from us it was stolen Three different times. Now, I should note, the third time was actually not from our house. The third, and this is in less than 18 months. I mean, every six months that truck was stolen. So much so that the third time we weren't even really upset about it. Like the third time it was stolen, this is just, uh, I think the most recent, that was just last year. The third time that truck was stolen, we just kind of went, well, it'll turn up, which it did. Because the deal is that I guess the car thieves sort of daisy chain it, where they'll steal it, drive it till it runs out of gas, dump it, pick up another car. Drive it till it runs out of gas, dump it, pick up another car. And so every time we got it back, and it almost became kind of a game where we'd get the truck back, and we would just wonder, like, what did they leave behind this time? The first time they stole it, we found a bunch of empty cigarette tubes. In other words, uh, cigarettes that had no tobacco. it's just the filter and the paper tube, which I guess you can buy empty cigarette casings. Uh, where it's like, you, it, if you still want the filter, you know, you buy it, and then you put your own tobacco or whatever in it. So it was filled with a bunch of these cigarette tubes. Second time we found it, filled with a bunch of uh, Slim Jims. Third time we found it. Nothing left behind, but the seat's stolen. <laughs> truck truck dumped, Seats gone. So we finally sold the truck about six months ago to a friend of my wife's, who, and my conscience is clear, we told her. I'm like, look, this thing has been stolen three times. Also, it's falling apart. Also, if you want to go in reverse, you have to put it in four-wheel drive. Um, by the time we sold it, it would not go in reverse unless it was in four-wheel drive. And that was like, otherwise, he would just press the the gas to the floor, and it would just go and grind and not move. But I guess her husband's like a mechanic or whatever, so it's fine. Now the truck has gone, I can reveal something that I never said on the air because I was afraid that three thefts would turn into like fifteen thefts. Everybody laughed at me for putting like the club thing. Oh my God, they're like that club is stupid. It doesn't really do anything. no it does
2: uh, it does I, I I used it in l a all the time.
1: I had people like uh, what is like Adam Thompson had sort of he sort of made fun of me for that, and I will say for what it's worth, it was never stolen again after putting that thing on. I think because even if that the club which is I'm not going to say it's a scam. I mean, it's not going to keep a really determined burglar off there. But the thing is, a guy who's stealing... It'll stop for a minute. That, oh, it always it's, and that's, safer. that's the thing. It stops them it's for... It's going to work somebody over the head with it. It stops them for just long enough, I think, that they decide to go somewhere where it's easier. And also, you know, it's not going to stop, like, a determined car thief. But a determined car thief isn't stealing that truck from me. A determined car thief is stealing a Lexus, mm. uh, is stealing a BMW. He's not stealing my a truck. A
3: crackhead is going to steal your truck.
1: That's right. And a crackhead isn't going to... Exactly. And a crackhead's not going to figure out how to work the club. The reason I had that club is something that I can now reveal. That truck of ours, and I discovered this about three months after buying it, and I should have known then to put the club on the car, did not require a key to start. You could actually turn the ignition, like, with anything. Like, thump, you know, like, uh, the a fingernail paper no clip. clipper, paperclip, butter knife. All you really basic And you could have turned it with your hand, actually. Like, if you if your finger was small enough to fit in the little, like, hole... All you had to do was just t- literally turn the ignition. I mean, what you did not need a key to start that truck, and apparently never did. I mean, it was that way when we got it. So the entire time we owned that truck, all you had to do was start it, was just like get ballpoint pen, anything that allowed you leverage, and you would just go, turn it, fired right up. Which I think the thieves figured out uh, like right around the same time
2: we did, and I didn't really put two and two together, so... Anywho. Well, it's not so shy. I thought you'd go to it And that truck could fly.
1: And that <laughs> truck's name was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. <sighs> Page two. Uh, it's the Rick Emerson radio program. It's 503-228-4101. I'm going to make a note of this hot wiring thing, though. Because I, I, I'm not saying I call shenanigans. I have friends but
3: that could hot wire your car.
1: Have you seen it happen? Mm-hmm. Are your friends in the pages of Busted Magazine right now? Perhaps. Coming up next, Ryan White from the Oregonian. Stay right there.
4: The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101.
7: KUFO, KUFO Portland,
1: and then we can leer at the uh, the busted babes girls.
3: Did you pick out your three?
1: No, no, this is the... Uh...
3: I picked out my three for you. Now, are
1: these... The, the, these are the three guys that I believe you would find... Hot. That I believe you would find hot. Yes, yeah, right. there,
3: there are a couple of them in there. So uh-huh. I picked... And I picked the three girls uh, in the entire thing that I think that you would find attractive.
1: It's a little tricky because you have more than one type. I mean, I guess I do as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I'm thinking of two people specifically uh, that that I... I'm thinking of two people that I know that you have either dated or that you have expressed uh that you' where you have told me that you found them attractive, and the two people I'm thinking of are just on such opposite ends of the spectrum so i'm but one of them is more likely to be uh one of, them, one of them is more likely to have a series of doppels in this uh, in this newspaper. I'm, I'm just speaking in weird vague... No,
3: I, I, no, I know what you're saying. Uh, because, and yes, you're right. <laughs> yeah,
1: so uh, anyway, we're looking through... Uh, Look who's been busted the newspaper. Those guys will be on... Uh, in Not the actual busted folks, but the people who make the newspaper will be on in the 8 o'clock hour. That's 8.20. 7.40 today, we'll talk to Charles Cross. He's uh, the author of the new book, Shadows Taller Than Our Soul, the uh, new book about Led Zeppelin. And really calling it a book is just, it's just... I keep saying this is such an understatement. It really is like a pop-up book for like adults...
3: Not a montage. What am I thinking of? It's I don't like, it's a, scrap, but it's like it's a, scrap a scrapbook. Yeah.
1: But it's like a scrapbook as though you were Jimmy Page, uh, you know, because it's got reproductions of like cool Zeppelin stuff you will never, ever, ever be able to find or afford in your life. Like the hand-typed press release announcing like their very first show when they were still the New Yardbirds. It's just like the coolest thing ever. Uh, in a moment, we will be speaking with uh, Ryan White, music editor from the Oregonian. About what will we speak today, sir?
7: Oh, we will talk
1: about C-3PO and the big man. Now, have you interviewed? We'll talk more about this in a second, but you've interviewed uh, Anthony Daniels, who plays C-3PO, have you not? I have. Was it awesome? It was. All right. Excellent. Tim Riley's tracking the following uh, headlines on your Wednesday morning.
2: Lots of laughs. A 14-year-old can-be boy masquerades as his mother, uses her credit card, and flies to Chicago.
1: I think that's embarrassing for him more than it is for the mom, by the way, that he can masquerade as his mother. What Mm -hmm. is that? Uh, this is the micro shield, Sarah. Uh, this is how you uh, give somebody CPR without them vomiting.
3: While they're vomiting into yes. your mouth.
2: Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, I was just. Uh, no, and a, a man walks from Texas to Washington with a twelve-foot cross. And uh, Michael Moore catches a Hannity lying about going to church.
1: Uh, so, just very quickly, I want to pay this off. We uh, were discussing this earlier. These, the, the uh, like the CPR first aid kit in the kitchen, and I mentioned that it contained this thing that allowed you to give somebody uh, CPR without them vomiting into your mouth. And by the way, we're making
3: me nauseous every time you talk about that. We're
1: setting a land speed record for most users of that phrase. Um, so so I that guess, could only
2: be used once. Wait
1: I mean.
3: here, can I speak? Is it, for, is it washable? I well,
1: is dishwasher safe. On that note, I think I speak for everybody when I say any first aid device that requires a lot of instructions is probably ill-conceived because this guy is going to be uh, embalmed and being prayed over by the time you figure out how to use this. Well, you know,
2: if you vomit, you relinquish your chance to be saved in I, my book. That's that's, that's really it. I, mean, like I have to draw the line somewhere. You've tapped out at that point. Lie there motionless. I don't care. But do not vomit.
1: Basically, this... I say that so often. Uh, the Basically, this is a... It looks like a, a miniature see-through mouse pad. It is a transparent little mouse pad with the end of a kazoo stuck into the middle of it. I mean, I know that makes no sense at all, but basically, you're just putting a little plastic tarp over their face, and then this thing that is a plastic tube, I guess, goes into their mouth. But as I, but as I explained, I think it's like a one way. It's Look, like a
2: one way kind you of funnel. Stick that tube in somebody's mouth, then you would make them vomit.
3: Wait, do you stick the tube in your mouth or in the vomiting person? I mouth? see. I don't know. Actually, I have well, no one idea. Of the, one
2: of them is going to vomit. Whoever has the tube in their mouth. Oh, well, which way it is? It the is plafia. too long. I don't know. It's, that is.
3: That's a pretty big tube. Are you
2: sure that's with that end of the body?
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well,
1: I guess it all depends on what you're afflicted with at that moment. I don't know. I've tried prunes, I've tried
2: bran. Nothing seems to work. But well, we've never been taught how to use these devices, yet they put them in the kitchen and take it for granted, and we know what to do. Uh. I'm all uh, I'm all stopped up, like I'm from Martini and Rossi. Maybe when Alpha bought the station, they didn't know that that was included
1: in the sale. It is called a CPR Micro Shield, but I can understand why you might think this is for a uh, an alternate purpose, Tim. All right, I'm going to put this down here because but it's very got, confusing. Well, it's fascinating. It isn't
2: it? Everybody wants to try it. I mean, now
1: I haven't put this in my mouth, so uh, I'm just saying it is still
2: clean at the moment. If you'd like to try to
1: figure that there's out, no I
2: just—that's
1: oh, what I'm saying. I have if I have no idea, and because here's the thing about this device,
2: every office uh, must be equipped with this. Ryan White from the Oregonian. Do you, do you, you guys have Oregonian? a first aid kit at the Oregonian? We do. See if Peter Carlin was vomiting on the floor, you you nah. feel good about putting that in his mouth?
7: If Peter Carlin was vomiting on the floor, I think we'd all just stand around and watch.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the office pool would suddenly have a new category. Uh, there's uh, there's uh, I love good Peter, odds by the way. Good odds <laughs> going in the brain there. damage category. Uh, so like I,
3: I think that you should demonstrate this on Greg Nibbler.
1: <laughs> the look on Greg's face. Greg was clearly not paying attention to what we were saying until he, he heard am- that. He is not amused. His head jerked around at like light speed just now. <laughs> uh, all right, well, let's get some of these uh, the calls here. Somebody can probably help us out. Hello. Hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson Show. Uh, how can I help you today?
6: Hi, this is Charles. I just, um, I, I was a medic in the Army for six years. But,
1: um, you were, I'm uh, sorry to say that. I, I missed part of it. What would you say, sir?
6: I was a medic in the Army okay. to secure yes. um, those masks you're talking about. They're supposed to be used for single use. The kazoo end would actually go in your mouth. It is The the newer ones have a one-way valve. They just switched them over not too long ago. They used to be where they're two-way, but they, they just cover the mouth and the nose, and you breathe in, and you pull it off for them to exhale, and...
1: Wait, so I have to breathe in and then I have to pull it out and then I have to put it back. So do I, I have to put it back in their mouth every time they're breathing? No, the
3: thing is in your mouth.
1: No, he. but that's not. The thing is in their mouth. Because
3: it was in their mouth?
6: There's no tube on the inside that, cover, that goes in their mouth. It just covers their nose and their mouth. And you breathe in, then you pull it off to let them aspirate themselves.
1: This is really hard. I, I think the person would be dead by, I mean, if imagine if this was happening in real time. Like if we had, if someone was choking about nine minutes ago when this conversation started, we would still be debating how to use this thing. I mean, they would, I mean, their relatives would already be prying the gold out of their teeth.
6: Yeah, that's where you just stomp on their chest or kick them in the stomach, they'll breathe.
1: Okay, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. You call us anytime. Yep. All right, no. there you go. Uh, there you go. That's your government at work. Uh, one more. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. How can I help you? Hey, Rick,
8: I think you got a little backwards. You breathe into the kazoo end, and you put it over their mouth like it's an oxygen mask thing. And, yeah, there's a little flapper in there that keeps that
1: allows air to go one way. Wait a minute. So you're now saying it's exactly the opposite of the last guy. So you're saying the—, the... No, You
3: stick the kazoo in your mouth. That's what he said last time.
1: No, 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 no. no, no. That the, no the Ar- the, the but the Army guy that just called said that the kazoo went in the other person's mouth.
6: Yeah,
3: I'm an EMT
8: guy,
1: and you blow into the kazoo end. I can't, by the way, I know this sounds like we're speaking in code about something unbelievably crude. It Really, we're trying to figure out how to use that thing that's in every office first aid kit about where you can do CPR without getting their uh,
2: chunks all over you. So, All right, and, and then, then, then... If you had a few of those, say six, you could start your own band. I suppose. All right, thank you, my friend. You're welcome. All right, there you
3: go. I smell a wacky morning show stunt.
2: I
1: suppose. When we're not busy hot wiring my car... All right. Well, in any event. All right, so you spoke uh, Ryan White. You spoke to Anthony Daniels who is, who is C-3PO. Anthony Daniels is C-3PO. Why is he narrating that Star Wars live thing? He is.
7: He uh he, you know, he's the one guy that's you know, one of the one of the few that has remained completely involved in Star Wars from the very beginning all the way through. And so you know, the, I believe it was the publicist in New York who called me and connected to him in London where he was sitting there having a glass of wine. So, you know, C-3PO was drinking wine on Here's the other end of the phone.
1: Dumb question. Does he talk just like C-3PO, or has he augmented his own accent somehow for that role?
7: No, he he sounded like a very, you know, gentlemanly British guy, but I got him to do the C-3PO oh,
1: voice. Wow. was so, it? Did it blow your mind? It, oh, it was
7: awesome. It Because I, I had read somewhere that, you know he that sometimes he'll find himself at dinner parties and the voice will just kind of come out he had said at right. one point but if if you walk up to him and say you know, when you do the C-3PO voice, he might not do it. And right. I wondered if he ever just messed with people in elevators and would stand in the back and all of a sudden do the C-3PO voice and he just kind of fell into Another it. Another
1: mess you've gotten us into and people, ah! you know, that would just terrify me if you weren't expecting it, right? Because your brain would, you couldn't process that if you didn't know he was going to start talking like C-3PO. You would get out of that elevator really, really fast. You know, have you ever, heard? there's a story that James Earl Jones tells, which is awesome, where when Star Wars was really at its apogee, uh, like in like 77, you know, 78 and then uh, leading up to Empire the height of the CB radio craze James Earl Jones would just sit at home on the CB radio and talk like Darth Vader and he would just you know <sighs> breaker one man, good buddy and, and, and like in the Darth Vader voice and he said that it would that, they, uh, that it would just that he would hear back from people who, who were terrified by that and it's just because hearing those voices out of context you're not expecting them um, so what does he I mean what does he do when he's not busy being C-3PO he goes to Star Wars conventions. He
7: does Star Wars. And he's, he, you know, he's done some independent... Signs,
1: checks. Yeah, signs, <laughs> checks. He's, he's done
7: some independent movies. He's, you know, he, he, I think he's got a production company. But largely, he's, he's made a very good living being C-3PO, doing cartoons and has his own serial and... You know, he was, he was very, very nice, and it was it was funny, because I read, you know, in, in doing you know a bunch of research for the interview, I read this, this quote that had been attributed to him, where apparently he and the guy who played R2-D2 didn't get along. And Kenny Baker. A, Kenny Baker, and there's this quote that, you know, he allegedly at one point said, the mask doesn't go on until the midget's in the can. <laughs> <laughs> and I mentioned that to somebody, and they said, you've got to ask him about that. I said, no, because I don't want to find out that it's not true. Right, right, right. I mean, I, I just want to believe that he actually said that, and having spoken with him i don't know if he is he seemed way too polite to say such a thing but i i I want to firmly believe that at some point he said the mask doesn't go on until the midgets in the can
1: that's like i had always heard this story about jeff tate who's the singer for queensrike uh we'd heard the story growing up that like he taught himself i don't know why we thought this was true that he taught himself how to sing because he was all broke and he had no money and you know whatever and then they but he wanted to become a singer that he taught himself how to sing by reading anatomy books by candlelight that was the thing we heard in high school because he has like such an operatic range or did or whatever, and uh, and he was like yeah, and he didn't have any money, and so he would read these an- these human anatomy books by candlelight to learn how his larynx operated. Sure, and it I wasn't asked, just I asked him like two years ago, I'm like Zedron, he goes, no, that's stupid. I... <laughs> Should have asked him if it wasn't just the Slim Goodbody song. Well uh, well referenced, sir. On the other side of this, we will do the top five prison songs. Oh, I'm going to ask you more questions about C3PO. Okay. Top five prison songs. Ryan White, music editor for the Oregonian, is here. Coming up later on this hour, Charles Cross, author of the new book on Led Zeppelin. And next hour, find folks behind Busted, the newspaper. You stay right there.
4: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. K-U-F-O.
2: Share your thoughts with billions. They're scowling goose and commies. That's what freaks me out about them. The sour pusses. Call 503-228-4101.
1: The Rick Emerson Show returns. Indeed. It is the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. We're here with Oregonian music editor Ryan White in mere moments. I'll have today's top five. Top five songs about breaking the law, incarceration, prison, or other nefarious behaviors my final observation about anthony daniels c-3po because you interviewed him and that is running tuesday tuesday yes he's going to be narrating that star wars live thing you got to give it up to that guy for staying thin enough to be put into that suit over the years because people think that it was like a different guy in the suit and he did the voice he's actually in that oh, yeah. suit wandering around the tunisian desert
7: he made it very clear too that if you uh, if you come out to the thing uh, next week at the rose garden he will not be in the suit <laughs> Uh, He will probably be in a tuxedo or, or, you know, really what isn't more comfortable than that suit,
1: probably. A tuxedo made out of money. (laughs) Uh, If you are caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, you're going to get yourself a pair of tickets to see Star Wars in concert. Wednesday the 14th at the Rose Garden, a unique multimedia experience combining the classic John Williams score and cinematic moments from the Star Wars saga. Tickets available at Comcastix.com at the Rose Quarter box office. Here's your top five. Five,
4: four, three, two, one.
6: Fire. Counting is wonderful, counting is marvelous, counting's the best thing to do. Counting is
5: happiness. Counting is ecstasy. I love to count, don't you?
1: All right, coming up next hour, we're going to be talking to the guys behind Busted the newspaper, which you can see at finer convenience stores everywhere you throughout pick Portland. Out my hot guys, yep. I got one of them. Okay. I've got one of the guys that I think you probably uh, would find.
7: I'm going to
3: show Ryan at the break. I'm going to show him with three girls that I think you're going to find hot. And then like you should... guys are
1: running mismatch.com, mm-hmm. and, and then we should, and then we should, we should take a photograph of them, and put that up later, so people can see yes, yes, uh, sort of the uh, sort of the reality of that. So next hour, we're going to talk to the guys from Busted the Newspaper. So in honor of that, Ryan White has put together these, the top five songs about nefarious behavior and
2: prison. Tim Riley? With honorable mention, it's Judas Priest and yeah. Breaking the Law.
7: That's right. I think every time I turn on VH, like Metal Mania on VH1 Classic, they play this video, and I love it every single time. Is this where they're robbing the bank? Yeah, with their guitars, and they're riding along in the uh, convertible, sitting up on the back with That's right. their guitars. Rob Halford's thinning baby fine hair blowing in the breeze. Like they point their guitars at people
1: and they just hand them money, which is kind of how it was back then. I, I <laughs> it was a simpler time. The thing about this song is, I much prefer this kind of Judas Priest to operatic wailing, you know, riding with Valhalla! Oh yeah. Priest. I don't. I'm not so much with that. Like the kind of growling Rob Halford. I, I'm a bigger fan. Uh, see, also, uh, you got another thing coming.
3: This song is awesome.
1: It really is. I mean, it's like the definition of distilled awesome. Excellent. These are the top five songs about nefarious behavior and prison. Tim Riley.
2: Number five, John Hyatt, Tennessee Plates.
1: Well, you get some sort of a plaque or something for the the first guy to ever have a giant John Hyatt song played on the station.
2: It's a nice little cross-country crime
1: spree. I don't think I know this.
7: They uh, they they start out west and then they rob some banks and I'm not sure if they kill anybody, but eventually they steal some of Elvis's uh, Cadillacs and end up making Tennessee Plates. Way to hit the post! Look at you.
1: I heard a song the other day. We were actually referencing somebody trying to steal Elvis's body, and somebody sent me a song, not unlike this one, about a, a group of dudes. It's always a group of dudes who I don't think they travel across country, but the song is still from the point of view of some people trying to like steal Elvis's bones, like to pawn them for something. I don't know why that just occurred to me.
7: Someday I'm going to try and compile all the songs that have been written about Elvis. Just put them into a
1: massive tome? Yeah. Most of them bad, by the way. Quite certainly. These are the top five songs about prison and nefarious behavior. Tim Riley?
2: Number four, Todd Snyder, the Tillamook County Jail. The Tillamook County Jail, really?
7: Yes. Todd ran into a little trouble as he was heading down to see his mom in Port Orford. Uh... It's well, done. heading to Port Orford is always. Yeah. Here That's a, that I'm is a gateway to trouble right there. He calls this his vacation song.
6: I'm hoping that she's not so mad now that she doesn't even pay my bill. If I was her, I'm not so sure. I wouldn't keep on moving down the trail. I'm sitting here waiting in the Telemach
1: County Jail. That's fantastic. Got a lump on my head and a boot print on my chest So is this drawn from life? Did he actually yes. spend
7: time in the Tillamook jail? He did
4: the,
7: uh, the, the the folks out in Tillamook County will tell you that the uh, boot print on his chest From uh, not passing the, the lie detector test is actually false And that everybody got along quite well And he, he paid his restitution And uh, apparently a little bit of a problem with a road worker As they drove past at uh, allegedly a rate of speed
1: That's fantastic these are the top five songs about going to jail or other nefarious behavior. Tim Riley, number three, Drive By Truckers, "You and Your Crystal Meth." Well, you know that's uh, that is the uh, that is the key to my heart is putting the Drive By Truckers that's on uh, so on any top five. I've learned, and
7: I'm not suggesting
1: that anybody specifically
7: in there in this in this fine publication had a problem with crystal meth, but I'm suggesting it's possible.
1: In busted, dude. No, there, <laughs> did this. Did you see last that's week's fantastic. issue? Last week's issue was actually, because this week is the Busted Babes collector's issue. Last week's, which I think I've gotten right here. Is Busted Babes, is that like their swimsuit issue? Yeah, sort of. Okay, I want you to look at this one. Last week's issue of Busted is just called Meth Epidemic. Like wow. there's no no they don't even really go for clever or catchy there it's just meth and it's just nothing but pages and pages of people who've been busted for meth. The single best mugshot this week though and I keep going back to this is this guy on the final page where the charge is assaulting
3: uh, a peace officer.
1: Yeah, interfering with a peace officer and the guy's face is just beaten to S.
3: I mean if you've ever wondered
1: why you shouldn't fought, you know, fight the law. Yeah, it's because the law wins and then beat your ass. Show,
7: please, just show license and registration and, and sit calmly by. Exactly. These are the top wow. five
1: songs about prison or other nefarious behaviors. Speaking of which, nope. number two. Number two, Mike Ness and I Fought the Law. Could have picked any number of...
3: Yeah, you didn't do Prison Bound? Didn't do prison bound. Oh. You would have brought shame on whole family.
7: No, I could really have. I could have brought like seven dozen other prison songs. Like beyond, like love songs. Prison songs seem to be the. Uh,
3: Prison bound.
1: But this is the intersection of Mike Ness and the classic song, though.
7: Yeah, this was this was just me really liking Mike Ness's version of this. This song was going in this place regardless. It could have been the Clash's version. The Stray Cats do a great version of it. It could have been the original Bobby Fuller 4 version. Um, well, all right.
1: <laughs> we'll grudgingly allow it. But I just really love the growl in this one. Mike Ness is. The, 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 you, we were talking uh, early about how you talked to uh, uh, Anthony Daniels and Clarence Clemens, and you just you were trying not to F it up. You don't want to look like a tool. Sarah engineered a meeting between me and Mike Ness a couple years back, and she saw me rehearsing everything I said outside on the sidewalk c- repeatedly, like a hundred times. And then I did it word for word, and then I left. He's like, oh, do you, you know, you guys want to hang out? I'm like, No, I got to go home, bike. You know, and I, just, I didn't <laughs> want to F it up after that.
7: There's always that point where you, you know, you feel like you probably should get out of yeah. there before yeah, you e- do something eject. regrettable. And I'm sorry, Sarah. You're dead it's to us. Okay. And now that I know that you're armed, I feel especially bad about this.
1: <laughs> that target over there is Sarah is has very uh, dead hung up the paper target from her shooting range exploits. Oh, and she also owns a taser. So I'm just saying, she
7: she shot him three times in the head. Well. I come in here today,' her funny. I come in here today, and you're matching each other up via the mug shots. <laughs> Sarah's killed that target really, really dead, <laughs> and there's a puke guard.
1: Um, well,
3: it's, it's a great day. Part
1: of our rock and roll lifestyle. It's the uh, Rick Everson Show. It's Rock 101 KUFO. This is the top five. These are the top five nefa- uh, songs about the uh, prison or other nefarious behavior. Tim Riley. Number one, Johnny Cash, the Folsom prison. Uh, of movie. course. Can't Some, argue that. No. Sometimes the most obvious choice is still the right one. And, you know, as many times as I've heard it, the live version of this, you know, oh. the, the live where he does, and the fact that the audience cheers at that shot of man in Reno just to watch him die... I mean and this song is you know it's been it's been referenced and covered so many times that you have to strip away all of the cultural cliché that is built mm-hmm. up around it to re- see, you know really appreciate what a great song it is but that moment where those prisoners cheer the killing line is just creepy
7: and his performance in that too
1: is just oh yeah so you know the howling in the back and... that's a guy who knows his audience oh yeah
7: always be a good
6: boy don't ever play with guns but i shot a man in Reno
1: just to watch him die. I mean, maybe there's no significance there. Maybe it just fit the meter and it rhymed, but goddamn, that's creepy. <laughs> when I hear that Has anybody ever
7: checked with Reno for unsolved cases? Hey. There you go. Someday somebody will show up in this little
1: publication and underneath it will just say, shot a man in Reno. <laughs> Awesome. Ryan White, read him in print in the Oregonian. His uh, interview with Anthony Daniels of Star Wars runs on Tuesday. And uh, next week we'll talk about your your, uh, meeting with the legendary Clarence Clemens. Big man! Read him online as well. Where? OregonLive.com backslash music. Awesome. There you go. Coming up here in just a few, we'll talk to Charles Cross off of a new book on Led Zeppelin. And next hour, we'll have uh, the fine folks be on the Newspaper. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101
4: KUFO. I know I had it I know I can't be. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Hey, look at you.
3: I was looking forward to hearing this song today because I assumed it would
1: be on the list. Was this like a musical itch that just had to be scratched? It
3: had to be. I just need to hear a little bit of it. Okay.
1: I mean, I can see, we just did the uh, top five songs about prison or other nefarious behavior. I can see why he went with the Mike Ness, uh, I Fought the Law, because again, it's, you know, it's, Mike ne- it's the best of all worlds. It's Mike Ness, and it's the classic song, but... I can also see why. Uh, I can see why you're partial to this. The title track from there, 1997 release, it, Social Distortion." It's the longest intro. There's no way I can talk this. <laughs> up. Talk about a guy with just a great gravelly, like raspy growl.
3: He has a magic
1: voice. And for a guy who, you know, you talk about Mike Ness, he's a guy who seems like he's about nine feet tall. You know, nice you hear him or you see him on stage. Yeah, he's a small man.
3: Yeah, I remember when I met him, he wanted to, he was asking me for places to go antiquing. I remember, the,
1: so I want to go antiquing. You want to uh, get us lunch or something? And <laughs> that was, I think, I, that was right that about was when surreal. I decided to duck out when he was asking you to go antiquing. I'm like, yeah. I can't be here anymore.
3: I just couldn't do it. I passed on it because I'm like, I cannot go antiquing with like legendary Mike Ness. No. Just can't do it. It would never be the same in my mind again.
1: Boy, he seems like a guy that would just beat your ass, too. Just, like, in a heartbeat if you felt you really had it coming. I saw... uh, We'll get to Charles Cross in just one moment. He's the author of the uh, new book, Led Zeppelin, Shadows Taller Than Our Souls. I've said this very quickly. I saw uh, Social Distortion play a few years ago. And... He saw a guy in the crowd who was, like, pushing a woman around, which, you know, you could just you just know is one of those things Mike Ness is not okay with. And he told the guys, like, he's like, you know, if you're a real man, you don't need to push a woman. And the guy spat at him from oh. the floor. The guy went, like, Puh, and, don't like, spat. that to Mike spat. Ness. No, and it's like, you could have heard a, it was like a vacuum in there. There was no noise of any kind at all. It was like being in the midst of space. And Ness just stared at the guy for what was probably 10 seconds but felt like about an hour. And then Ness just said, you do not want me to get off this stage and come down there. And the guy left. The guy turned around and left. I mean, it was just, uh, it was one of the most gripping moments, like, ever.
3: That's amazing.
1: It is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 UFO. Our next guest was the editor of the influential and iconic and awesome uh, Music Weekly, The Rocket, in Seattle for 14 years. Uh, his books include Heavier Than Heaven, the biography of Kurt Cobain, as well as Roomful of Mirrors, a biography of Jimi Hendrix. Uh, the new book is Led Zeppelin's Shadows Taller Than Our Souls. Let's welcome out of the uh, Rick Emerson Show, Mr. Charles Cross. Hello, how are you, sir? Good morning, Portland. How are you on this uh, on this fine Wednesday? Are you in Seattle? You, you're you based in Seattle, right? I am in
8: Seattle, and I'm highly caffeinated talking to uh, people. The book just was released yesterday, so I've been up since 4 in the morning doing drive-time radio on the East Coast.
1: Is this one of those things where like, the PR guy from the book company calls and like You're going to sit in a small windowless room for three days. You're not going to sleep, but you'll move books. Now get in there and call.
8: Yeah, that's sort of it. I mean, you know, Led Zeppelin is, is so iconographic when it comes to radio these days. I mean, there's still a huge influential and um, so you know I mean it's definitely a subject that people are very interested
1: in. That actually kind of leads into one of the first questions which is you know, there's so many bands from whatever era that, uh, you know, they kind of fall by the wayside or they have a best sort of a niche following or they're, you know, among purists or completists. In your assessment, you know, having written this book and having you know, covered the band and, and, and really just researched it, why, why does Zeppelin have the enduring popularity? Why is it Zeppelin and not like Black Oak, Arkansas, you know, or somebody? Well.
8: Um, I think it was the songs. Zeppelin did just an incredible body of work, and it was very diverse in terms of many different styles. And that's been a, a great strength, because radio could play a rockin' Zeppelin. You can play immigrant song, you know, when you want people to wake up, or you can go play going to California when you want something mellow late at night. So I think that was one of the reasons that the band, you know, has has still been, you know, so popular with uh with programmers
1: you know you look at this book and uh, uh my producer sarah and i have been talking about this all day that it's it, i keep saying it's like a pop-up book for adults which i know is the wrong way to put it but it, it, it but it's like a scrapbook meets a, a, a biography meets a coffee table book and it's just got all of these reproductions that you can actually take out and hold in your hands of ticket stubs and press releases and um yeah, i mean did you get to see a lot of this stuff up close and in person a lot of this memorabilia what was the most amazing thing you kind of got to see
8: Well, many of these things are from my personal collection because I gathered this up over the years. And you're right, it is like a pop-up book. I mean, I kind of describe it as like, remember back in the days of vinyl when you'd buy an album and you'd pull it out and you'd, you know, you'd have all the visual elements there along with the music. And this is the same thing. These are kind of liner notes to their whole catalog. But you know, the thing in the book that I like the very best is the CD that's included with it. It's an interview with Jimmy Page. It was conducted on Led Zeppelin's private jet in 1977. And it's the greatest interview Jimmy Page ever gave. And he gave it to this guy named Dave Schultz. And it was, who worked for a very small fanzine basically at that point. But Page opens up and talks about his career in a way he never did when he talked to anyone else in the press. And uh, so you can hear in his own words what he has to say about this.
1: You know, it's amazing when you think about and this. Is something that I've said a million times. That you, like the obvious example is Stairway to Heaven, where the one day Stairway to Heaven did not exist, and then the next day Stairway to Heaven existed because in a plant page they just sat down and and wrote it. I mean, and not having been there at the time, you know, I was a guy who was sort of born too late in some ways to see a lot of those a lot of those bands. I mean the the legacy and the 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 shadow of the band is just so immense with a band like zeppelin that at the time did it seem as groundbreaking uh you know did zeppelin seem so unbelievably uh just indescribably huge then or is that a thing that has only happened uh with the passing
0: years
8: well that's one of the reasons i wrote this book was to go back and tell people exactly you know how was it perceived at the time and I think the answer is is that early in their career, they were not gods. Later in their career, yes. By physical graffiti, people were waiting up in line outside the record stores to buy it. But one of my favorite stories in this book is John Bonham, the great drummer of Led Zeppelin, does an interview after Led Zeppelin three, which had been a commercial disappointment. And he'd already recorded Led Zeppelin IV, already recorded Stairway to Heaven, but it hadn't come out yet. So we did this interview with this obscure local newspaper in his hometown, and he said, you know, I don't know if this next record's going to work, and if it doesn't work, I'm going back to building con- houses and doing construction again. Wow. So now go back and listen to Stairway to Heaven and Leds Up on Four with the idea that the drummer who's so essential to this isn't sure he's going to have a job. And it has a different ring when you realize that it wasn't immediately a hit.
1: And they were a band that, I mean, the critics just loathed them. I mean, with a white-hot intensity. I mean, Rolling Stone sort of legendarily just trashed everything they ever did, right?
8: They did, and I reproduced some of those reviews in here so people can get a sense of exactly what the critic reaction was when these albums came out. And, you know, a great story is that Led Zeppelin two Rolling Stone's review, is so mean and so awful, they just dismiss it completely. And then here's the great irony. is just a couple years ago, Rolling Stone did a list of the 100 greatest albums of all time. Led Zeppelin II, with the exact same music that got trashed 30 years ago, suddenly is the 18th greatest record of all time. So so it's kind of comical that, you know, it's the same music that they hated in the 70s, but now as the band's reputation has risen, everybody has to acknowledge this was great music.
1: I think actually, I think Rolling Stone did the same thing with uh, I Don't Have the Actual Issue Anymore. I wish I did, but when Nevermind by Nirvana came out, Rolling Stone reviewed Nevermind in the same issue as they reviewed uh Bandwagonesque which is by the Teenage Fan Club. Exactly. And I think they gave Nevermind like 2 stars. And they're like, "Well, it's okay, it sounds a lot like more than a feeling by Boston if you ask me, but Bandwagonesque, that's the album everyone will be buying." And I mean, you know, it's that thing with the, you know, you look back at it even, you know, even a year or two later and you go, "Well, that was a that's a that's a that's a, a criticism that I can just dismiss forevermore."
8: And it's uh, funny, you know, I also obviously have written a couple books on Kurt Cobain at Nirvana. Ivana's very first concert ever, which was at a house party, Kurt Cobain played Heartbreaker by Led Zeppelin. That was one of the first songs he ever played in public, and he did a decent version of it. So it's, it's, you know, this does stretch. This is a, a long trunk of music, and it begins with the blues, goes through Zeppelin, and ends up with the music we had in the Northwest in the 90s.
4: Excellent. The book
1: is Led Zeppelin's Shadows Taller Than Our Souls. It is out this week. The author, Charles Cross. Thank you for spending some time with us. Best of continued success with all things, my friend. Thank you. Cheers, Charles Cross, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, Sarah and I. You were talking. We were talking before we uh, before we came back for the break about the rocket. That growing up in the Northwest. Oh yeah.
3: That was my Bible when I was in high school, because I just wanted to escape Bremerton with all my friends, you know, so we'd just get a copy of The Rocket, look and see what, you know, what cool things were happening in Seattle for the weekend, and jump on the ferry and go across.
1: And The Rocket, and see, not to be that guy who's talking about, you kids, you know, with your internet and your pitchfork.
3: The Rocket was awesome.
1: uh, The Rocket was, see, that's a little singles moment for you and I, where you know that all those characters in singles read Rocket Magazine. Doesn't
3: it just kind of seem like what other weeklies, like, everywhere strive to be?
1: Yeah, in fact.
3: But can't achieve,
1: And not to dismiss anybody, you know. No, I'm no. not. And not the dog, you know, the, the Mercury, the Willamette, or whatever. A time
3: passed. I mean, you can't recreate it. But That's
1: the thing. And growing up in Washington, you know, we did the same thing. We'd go to Seattle and The Rocket, which is a weekly publication specializing in music. You would read it and it just blew your mind. And it was like the coolest thing you'd ever read.
3: It made me feel cooler just reading that's, it.
1: <laughs> I'm so glad you said that's the deal. And it's like, even though you could just get it free, like anywhere, you know, it was a free alternative weekly, but you'd read it and you're like, I know something that nobody else knows. I am part of a tiny little club. It was uh,
2: was quite something.
1: Excellent. All right, coming up in the next hour, we have more news from Tim Riley and the guys behind
2: Busted, the newspaper. A guy named Rambo has been arrested for disorderly conduct in Salem. Really? His first name is Rambo. Because he couldn't even get a job
4: parking cars!
2: (sighs) Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Show.
4: This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO. Portland.
1: It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we're going to talk to the guys behind Look Who's Been Busted, the newspaper, Mr. Ryan Trombley. Uh, At this juncture, we're also going to give you a a shot at a pair of tickets to the Portland Tattoo Expo. 503-228-4101 is that number. 503-228-4101. If you are a caller 10 right now, you score a a pair of tickets to the Portland Tattoo Expo this weekend. The Portland Expo Center. Among the highlights, Corey Miller from LA Inc. will be there tattooing and meeting fans. Plus live music.
0: Uh,
1: He'll also be with us, Sarah, on Friday. Uh, Plus live music, art, and cars on display as well. Tickets available at ticketswest.com. Or if you're a caller 10 right now at 503. Two to eight, four one zero one. A pair of tickets to the Portland Tattoo Expo. Yeah, that, uh, yeah, Corey Miller will be actually in the studio with us, which
3: is kind uh, of awesome.
1: This Friday, thirty. And I, I'm not a tattoo guy, only because I can't. And every time I turn around, there's somebody who's gotten like the best tattoo idea ever done. And then I'm like, well, that's another one I can't do because you know you don't be a guy ripping off somebody else's idea. But I can never come up with. I, I always say if I can come up with a tattoo idea that I still like after six months, then I might get it. But I've never done that. I've never come up with anything that I that I would still feel strongly about. You know, like half a year later. Mm. So I got a, I got a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of nothing. All right. So speaking of a whole lot of a nothing. So uh, you and I were looking through busted newspaper here. Yes. And the challenge was to look through the newspaper and for you to find. Uh, three girls in Busted, their mugshots that you thought were my type, and I would try to find three guys in Busted, this week's Busted, that I thought were your type, mm-hmm. which was difficult, by the way, and I think it was easier for you to find my type.
3: I found two of yours pretty easily, but then one of them took a little bit.
1: Same thing for me, and also because, I mean...
3: Just say it. I'm
1: just, you can hear me <laughs> hesitating, but at this, at this point in I our, our even relationship... I'm not
3: looking at you. I'm just like, yeah, I can hear it in your voice. I, we've known each other long I enough. Why?
1: Why soft? From so, but.
3: different types. Well that
1: and also as I was looking at the guys, I was sort of imagining how they might talk or what they might say and they were it was like a Harry Potter thing where the the pictures started talking, why hello Rick
3: Pick me, Rick.
1: And they were all saying like they were all saying like, you know, I'm a bass player in a band. And like <laughs> the other guy was going, I'm not a bass player, but I write a zine you know, or whatever. Or I was like trying to imagine like, well that guy's not all that hot, you know, or he's not your type. But what if he was blank? In other words, like what if he what if he owned a cool bar? uh th- th- what if he
3: was more than just on immigration hold, <laughs> I just picked the first one I saw
1: What if he wasn't a sex offender so much as a guitarist or, uh, or an Allison Pickle arrested for prostitution? yeah, see that but I think that 's the thing is I think like for me it 's easier because like all they have to all they have to be is kind of trashy and, and kind of skeezy looking This issue is full of them yeah I think every issue is, well, uh, well, is Nibble, full of uh, them.
2: Nibbler and I were looking at the Craigslist prostitutes, and they are that bad,
1: really oh, is there a whole page of Craigslist hookers, yeah. Is that Only last issue?
2: Them. Yeah.
1: Right. Wow. This is
3: this really isn't the great... All
2: of them. These are the ones that get caught. That's a smattering. Yeah. Uh, right. of so the, maybe we uh... should
3: give away one. So I maybe you give me a page and I'll give you a page and then I'll pick out who I think you picked out for me and vice versa. It's
1: all complicated. So and what we'll do is before the end of the hour we will post these photos online. So yes. uh, later on uh, this hour you'll be able to see these pictures uh, online of who Sarah believed to be uh, to be my type. All right. So. Let's uh I guess we don't need to swap, but I I'll will give you I,
3: an easy one first.
1: I will start with uh I will start with you. So uh on page nineteen,
3: 19 of
1: the new uh, busted, there is a, a guy who I believe might be your type.
3: Okay. Um So
1: you have to now you have to give me a you have to give me a page number as well.
3: Uh let see, you're gonna do page number five. All right,
1: page number five. Excellent.
3: All right, I think that you picked for me. Kenneth you... Simpson.
1: Uh, we'll have to, we'll see that. We have to okay. wait. We have to figure <laughs> okay. it out during the break here. Tim is tracking the following headlines for you on this uh, Wednesday morning. Uh, wait a
2: minute. Look at pictures of horrors. We're we? all
3: distracted <laughs> by Bustin. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, all in the line of work. <laughs> Let me get back to my screen here. <laughs> Mel Gibson's drunk traffic condition uh, has been expunged from his record. The war in Afghanistan is eight years old today. Happy birthday. Illegal aliens will soon be sent to hotels instead of jail. Thank you, liberal judges. And desperation sets in as the Beavers are entertaining the thought of moving to Clackamas County.
1: Dun, 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 dun. All right. You can go back to your pictures of horrors now, Tim. All right. All right. It's like pictures of saints, except you're. Uh, it's 503 228 4101. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. We'll talk to uh, Ryan Trombley, the man behind the busted newspaper you've seen everywhere and more from Tim Riley. Stay with right us. This is the
5: Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in color, huh?
1: yeah, that's right. Who's rigged now, Mr. Riggy Man? The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock One Hundred One KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's—I oh, shouldn't say this—but I am uh, looking at the uh, the Busted Paper website right now, which I think is actually just BustedPaper.com. And there's this scrolling thing at the top where it's like the you know it's like a, a you know like a, just a, a series of mugshots that just sort of scroll by as you're reading it like a ticker. And there was this hot girl with a black eye. I mean not
3: What is with you and girls in black eyes? I
1: there's nothing with me with girl Okay, you're making that up right now. You are attempting to create a thing where no, it doesn't exist. No, because
3: you always like it when they look a little roughed up. Okay. <laughs> like the slutty girls.
1: I think roughed up means something different to you than it does to me. I think, uh, I think someone well, does is... does she
3: have like a really bad black eye? Over-revealing. A little, a little love tap. Well, it
1: this is you it's saying love too. tap, by the way, not me. These are None of these statements are coming from me. Uh, it may not have been a black eye. It might have just been that she'd stayed up for several weeks in a row. I feel
3: like the girls with a lot of the black eye makeup. So I, it was just smeared.
1: That's what I'm saying. Girls who have the kind of the raccoon eyes, you know, the sort of, uh, you know, the like real heavy eyeliner. I find that to be... Uh, I'm a big fan of that. I so I don't. I'm saying she was hot, not because of the the black eye or whatever, but in spite of. I'm just saying she was. She did look a little rough around the edges, though, which is uh, you know sort of appealing to me in a perverse
2: way. Maybe she did it purposely to be more alluring to some.
1: <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> I'm hold not on.
3: Sexier for you. <laughs>
1: Before we go on out to the club, hold on. Let me give myself a big bruise and cut my lip. Uh, all right. So we have gone through the new issue, and I gave you three pages, Sarah, on which I believed there was a gentleman that you might find the uh, alluring. You might yes, strike I believe, your fancy.
3: I think I did it. I think I picked out the ones. And
1: you gave me three as well. So now, uh, we, by the way, by the end of uh, today, we will post these pages. We'll put these pictures online uh, so you can see exactly who we're sort of uh, guessing at. But we'll just do it by matching right now. We'll see if, uh, we'll see if we've we figured it out. So I have written down next to each of the pages I selected for you the name of the guy that I thought you might find hot. Okay. You should go through and give me the name that you've, you know, your name that you picked out. In other words, you, the, the guy you think I picked for you. We'll see if they match.
3: Okay, so for page three, mm-hmm. I picked... David Mosley.
1: Uh, wait a minute! I didn't give you page three. I gave you. Uh, oh, sorry,
3: nine for page nine. Okay, David yeah,
1: no, yeah, you're reading. My, okay, nine. No. What? No. Wait, hold on a second. Who's that?
3: Wait, who is that?
1: So, wait, did I give you some guy who's hideous? Well, I mean, they're all degrees of hideous, I suppose. So you picked no, yeah, no, no, no. And he's
3: a sex offender too. Well, look,
1: I didn't know if we were. I didn't know if the sex offender. Isn't everybody these days? I didn't. I didn't know if the sex offender page was allowed. Wait, what or other
3: not? man on this page could possibly be my type?
1: Now I'm afraid to tell you because see, let uh, me guess—is
3: uh, it a uh, Larry Proper? No,
1: it's the uh, no, it's Robert. Who? It's Robert Parsom who was uh, three counts of sodomy.
3: Where is he? At
1: the bottom, bottom row in the middle. Ew. Sodomy—it just says sodomy times three.
3: And where he is is unknown, and he's wanted. Thanks, Rick.
1: Well, maybe he'll hear that you're uh, that you fancy him, and then the police will be able to locate him.
3: I don't fancy him. All, All right, right. Do, you do your first page.
1: Uh, hold me. Check with uh, Greg. Greg was. Uh, I'm looking at the what line am I looking at here?
5: Okay, Ryan Chief is on, he's on line, uh, he's line not, two. oh, he's on line two, line okay, alright, yeah. okay, yeah.
1: uh, let's welcome now to the uh, Rick Emerson show, Ryan Chief of Busted, he is the owner, founder, maven, overlord, uh, administrator extraordinaire of this fine publication, hello sir, how are you today? Good, how are you Rick? I am fantastic, first of all, you do know that you publish the greatest thing in the history of the world, right?
9: I appreciate that. Thanks for the compliment.
1: It is, uh, it's, it's quite something. Where, how did this idea, uh, come come to you? Where did you get the notion to start publishing this mugshot newspaper?
9: Um, you know, I just, uh, I would always look in my local newspaper to find out who had got arrested, who got caught with a bag of grass last night, or who got a DUI, and just found a lot of interest in, you know, seeing who got busted. And I always like watching cops on TV or, you know, crime shows, and so I figured I'd, uh, make a little tabloid paper that comes out every week, that just kind of shows you all that stuff.
1: And so the deal is, you wanted to make it sort of like one-stop shopping, uh, basically. So I don't have to hunt through a whole bunch of newspapers. You put them all in one convenient location for me.
9: Yeah, I mean, you can you know you can get on a computer and um, and look up the jail in Portland, or you know you can read through a couple different papers or, or whatever to, to find you know some of this information. But for a buck, I put it all together in one big giant tabloid publication and comes out every week. So. I mean, I don't, I'm not sure if you're looking at this week's or last week's uh, issue, but regardless, there's hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of mugshots in each paper. Uh, we are
3: both this week's and last. We
1: are looking. We have. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm not I just. I have a,
3: every week, actually.
1: I'm not just a reader, Ryan. I'm a collector. Uh, the I'm looking at the New Portland issue, which is the busted babes on the front. Um, tell me a little bit about the, the the busted babes. These are some hot chicks pointing guns at me, the reader. They're dressed as cops and as hot cops, and then they have guns. Um, is this going to be an ongoing feature? Would there be busted babes? And living- how does
3: one become a busted babe?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
9: you know, uh, we've actually gotten uh, lots of reader support from the busted babes. Uh, you know, obviously they've gotten your attention. Yes. And they get our readers' attention. You can go to our website, bustedtaper. com. Um, we've got a busted babes video on our homepage right now. And awesome. With the next few days, we're going to be posting oh, um, another new uh, another new uh, video that we just put on there with the with the babes in a Lamborghini and the girls are firing off some handguns and all sorts of exciting stuff chasing some criminals down. So
1: that is fantastic. How many um, more interesting. How many cities are you guys in with this now?
9: We're in about a dozen cities and I'm actually on my way to the airport right now because we're launching Dallas, Texas on Monday morning.
1: Fantastic. I mean, maybe not so much for them. Oh, and this um, is
3: all online, too. I'm just looking at this.
1: So what cities, in your assessment, have the best, uh, so far, what city has the best selection of mugshots? In other words, is there a city where they just, I mean, they just come fast and furious? Is that just a result of population, or, I mean, what city is kind of the most, uh, you know, has has the most the most, the most fruitful?
9: Well, I hate to tell you, Rick, but uh, you're sitting dead center and probably our best. Yeah, day. yeah. Unfortunately, with all the uh, with all the methamphetamine and heroin and, and cocaine problems there are in Portland, we've got a we've got a ton of uh, ton of dr- drug related crime that, you know, like I said, unfortunately also provides uh, very creative and colorful mugshots. People to look like they definitely woke up on the wrong side of the bed, and uh, as you know, in uh, Portland, we've got plenty of uh, tattooed and and pierced uh, people coming up in the paper. So,
1: well, I mean, so you know, at, at least we're number one content. at uh,
9: Portland is great.
1: We got to be number one at something, sir. I mean, everybody has to have one thing at which they excel. Ours is apparently meth and being beaten savagely by the cops
3: uh, and looking like crap in the morning.
1: And looking <laughs> like crap in the morning is meth kind of your biggest growing category in terms of mugshots uh, right now. It seems like that's a real uh, that's a booming business.
9: You know um more so on the west coast on the east coast or as in you know we do it in we do the paper in michigan ohio florida um fortunately um methamphetamine arrests haven't really reached the level that they have on the west coast um i would say probably one of our biggest things that we're doing right now is a lot of the um, putting pictures of registered sex offenders in the paper that's actually where we get the most support you know um obviously uh there's some real freaks to look at which satisfy that side of the paper, but at the same time, they are really actually giving you some real good information. Since we're putting the address of where these perverts live, um, you can know if somebody lives, you know, lives down the street from you, or or lives near your kids or something. So it actually, you know, does also provide a, a little bit of good service to people.
1: Actually, my wife and I were reading the, you know, we were having a, a family together this evening. My wife and I were reading this paper the other night, and she made exactly that same point. She said that you know, like you can. You can go online, and I think, like, Multnomah M- County has, like, a, 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 a sex offender database or whatever. But it's kind of hard to use, and it's, it does, it's not all the information's in one place. But she actually pointed out that you can just go on this, this couple of pages. You can go through, and you can look at one guy after the other, and, you know, the women, but you can look at all the mug shots. Uh, and it says the address right there, so you can see, like, immediately within just 30 seconds if there's somebody who's in your neighborhood or down the street from you uh, or whatever. So it is it is useful in uh, in that way, sir. So I know you are headed to the, the catch an airplane, so... Uh, uh, we will undoubtedly talk again, but uh, I can say that uh, you really are you're providing quite a service uh, to to, uh, to us and lots of other folks in a, in a whole lot of uh, ways. So we'll talk again. Until then, best of continued success. Thank you for giving us some uh, some time. I don't want to make you late for your plane. Travel safe. We will uh, speak in the future, Ryan. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Talk well, to well. you later. Thank you. There you go. That's uh, Ryan Chief, owner, founder of uh, Busted. The newspaper, which you can find at the finer convenience stores everywhere.
3: Awesome. I thought we wow. were
1: picking, I thought the sex offender page was not off limits in terms no, of picking a guy no you'd find. No, we said sex
3: offender page.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm glad I got it wrong. Well, gonna right, be so, hard to live without them. Okay, but pretend that guy at the bottom of page nine isn't a sex offender.
3: No, I didn't know his, No. <laughs> No. <laughs>
1: like, like Hell no. That's like a no with extreme prejudice. What mm-hmm. guy did you... David Mosley doesn't look like your type at all. He looks like kind of a tool.
3: Well, he looks kind of gay, but... All right. Well, I'm just...
1: The, the guy at the bottom... I mean, he's a
3: pretty man, but he's prettier than... I,
1: see, I don't find him to be a pretty man. I don't... I, I would never... I, he just... He's got a tiny head he's for a one thing. He's
3: a lot prettier than that little pinhead that you picked. Uh,
1: well, and also he's not the... You know, well, he's I not guess he He's a wanted he is. convict. No, he's, he's, he's not a wanted sex offender. He is, in fact, just an incarcerated sex offender.
3: Alright, so you're gonna do All right, uh, page uh, three.
1: Okay, my next page is page three. Your next page, by the way, is uh page fourteen. Okay. Alright. Alright, so I am picking out Oh, this is easy. Sarah Weber. That is the uh that's the name I'm picking for page three, Sarah Weber.
3: Wait, where's Sarah Weber? No. No? I picked Christine House. Oh, really? She's two to the left.
1: Oh. Well I could I guess I could see that too. I mean, I guess... Or whoever
3: I, looks a little beat. I guess... I like the girl next to her. Quit
1: saying something, like girls, who look a little beat. <laughs> <I swear. laughs> she does, though. Uh, no, I know it. Look at mean.
3: the girl next to her. She's been crying for hours.
1: Oh, wow. Well, they all look a little beat, let's be honest. Okay. I mean, that Christina House girl's got, like, the big dark rings in her right, eyes. what's that, uh, my second one? Those, uh... uh your, your second page is, um... It is the page, um... Page Fourteen. 14. All right, what is my final page?
3: Uh, seven. Seven? All right. All right, so I think for mine... Page fourteen. I think you picked Oliver Dumbass. No,
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it is Jason Densmore. Jason Densmore. We're really sucking at this. We're th- th- he
3: is so creepy looking. But he's in right? a he's
1: in a mugshot newspaper. Of oh course, he's God. creepy he's looking,
3: like deformed.
1: I oh, he's not deformed. He's
3: pretty deformed.
1: Okay, so I like beat girls. You like deformed guys. <laughs> um. So page five for you. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying. I mean, in my own defense, I, I mean, I guess I can see. Tim, look at this. Uh, you know, you're not allowed to be all offended at it. I. Uh, Ew. Ew. He, uh, he, uh. he seems like he, like he might be ever so slightly alluring to you. Like, like, but like if he worked at a liquor store, maybe. <laughs> 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 Sorry. What,
3: <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: I don't know. Okay. All right, final page here. Uh, let's 19. see. All right.
3: All right, so you're on. Seven. Page
1: seven. Page seven. Page seven. All right.
3: Oh, I know this one. So you I bet for uh 19 you picked Kenneth Simpson. Yes, I did. He's a he's a looker.
1: Okay, see, so I got one. You got one. I there got was another one. hot
3: guy in here though that I was checking one out di- earlier.
1: He's the guy that I agonized over though, because I thought he I thought you might think he was a douchebag. Um on page seven you picked Ashley Garbush for me, right? No. What?
2: <laughs> Ashley wait, Garbush? Wait, you don't know
1: anything about me. Wait, hang
3: on. She kinda looks like a like I was, a wait, I was looking at my page.
1: She looks like a slut waitress uh you know, like a waitress at a truck stop that might do you for like a big enough tip.
3: Yes, yes. All right, I see, did. okay.
1: So you and I each we got what, what, one out of 3. That's not bad. Wait, no,
3: you didn't pick page 5 though. Um you skip page 5.
1: I don't know. I don't even know what we're doing now. All right, we have to take a break. Back after this, more from Tim Riley around the corner. Uh it is 503 228 for what? This is hard. This is like doing math. This is very confusing. This will be easier. We have to we have to find some sort of picture pages version of this that's uh, easier for my tiny brain in the morning. Back after this with Tim Riley and uh, more. It is The Rick Emerson Show. We are live the from Rick Portland. The
0: Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101
1: KUFO. He looks a little bit like K-Fed, and that's what I thought you would find. I thought you would find, like, a soul patch thing, like a turnoff on him.
3: He's a little bit douchey, but he's a lot better looking than that. Like creepy guy than, that than you, the like, three
1: times sodomy guy <laughs> yeah
3: thanks for the sex offender right? how
1: much of the fact that he's arrested for three times sodomy play into the fact that you don't find him attractive? not at all
3: i didn't even realize what he had done and when uh-huh. i looked at his face no he's no sorry no.
1: uh this email says rick have you seen the tv show rehab it's my new favorite show a bunch of hot slutty girls and very small bikinis serving drinks poolside at the hard rock casino in vegas doing body shots and assorted stupid things while drunken fools watch I watched four episodes in a row last night. I am a perv, but damn. All right, well, there you go. It's 503-228-4101. Be sure to join us tomorrow, and our guests will include Rick Springfield uh, and uh, so forth. Also, Kelly Clark from the Willamette and another exciting installment of Food Porn. And if you are a caller 10 right now at 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101, you're going to score yourself a pair of tickets to see Juliette Lewis uh, this weekend at Dante's. She's performing with her new band, The Romantiques, this weekend at Dante's. It is 21 and over show, but if you uh, are calling 10 right now at 503 228 4101, you get a pair of tickets to that. Plus, a special invitation for you and a guest to attend a private acoustic set at the KUFO Rock Lounge earlier in the day. Tickets available for that Dante's show at ticketswest.com. At the news desk, it is your personal savior, Tim Riley.
4: Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley.
2: Good morning, everyone. It's 847. It's going to be in the mid-60s today, mostly sunny. A Wilna McCauley jury has acquitted a woman accused of killing her ex-boyfriend with a butcher knife. Colleen Richardson, known to her friends as Coco, said James Tanner Earl ran into the knife after he attacked her during a jealous fit of rage. There's a homeless sex offender roaming the streets in Clark County, and he's going to strike again. Is yes. he sex
1: offending against the homeless, or is he homeless and also a sex offender? Homeless and also a sex offender. Okay, because sex offending the homeless, I mean, that's a, that's a special kind of ick.
2: Yeah, it could happen. 44-year-old Troy Nardi is a level 3 offender. That means he's likely to strike again at any moment. He's molested young girls in the past. He's 5'7", 140 pounds, blue eyes, brown hair, your typical white person. Meanwhile, 30% of a middle school in Oregon City are all out sick. Nine teachers are out sick, too, at the Gardner Middle School. It's too soon to say whether or not it's the H1N1
1: disaster on the way. Well, you know what we, I mean, a lot of us have friends who have uh, kids or whatever, and you know, Lars' friends are all sort of breeders, and, and uh, they, they now are saying that if you are a kid and you sniffle or sneeze or cough or anything, they are telling you not to come to school, and then if you go to school and you go like, <coughs> and you just have the cough, they'll like send you home. And so, I'm not telling you kids to do
2: this. Well, they would be in school right now, so I'm they would be listening. Well, unless they're miscreants. Well, that's right. I guess What's I'm speaking... I'm, the the th- sick children are already at home, so it's
1: too late. I'm just saying if you're a hooligan of some kind, as Sarah pointed out, God forbid that there's a test you didn't study for. I mean, I'm not suggesting you do this because your education is the most... The children are our future. Uh, teach them well. Let them uh, show the way. That... If you need to, you know, to, to to get your school closed all of a sudden, because it used to be right that you would be like, I don't know, I saw a suspicious man lurking around with a ticking package or, or whatever. I mean, there was that whole thing, or you pull the fire alarm or whatever. But if you needed to get your school closed right away, get everybody sent home, I think all you need to do is, you know, I'm feeling back, <coughs> oink, you know, and it's like, and, and suddenly everybody we'll gets see a, them all sent all day. <laughs> home. Totally. I mean, they'll close that class down for like a day and a half. I'm just saying, not that you should abuse that fact. I'm just pointing it out here, Tim Riley. <laughs>
2: Meanwhile, a house full of Florida cats has been killed in a fire started by ants.
5: Local sixes, Randy Mason, is at that
2: scene gathering new details about what
5: started that fire. And Randy, why were there so many cats in that house in the first place? Oh, can you pause
10: wait, wait this just a second, Mike? Let me. Uh, I just want to set the scene Let's for you. See, real quick. I can stop it. Uh, the
5: family. Uh... Uh,
1: so this, we should set this up. This is. What, somebody emailed this to me today and they said this is the worst reporting they have ever seen on television, which is a bold statement, by the way, because we've I mean, we've well, heard this is
2: local six.
1: I mean, this local six, which is from I mean, it is it is from Florida. So, I mean, it's uh, you know, we've heard some from bad where, Rick? from uh, from Florida. OK, my thing is uh, OK. My thing isn't turned up, by the way. Oh, there you go. It was turned off. Well,
3: somebody was over there put going Crazy on the buttons, I had uh, to the put them down.
1: <laughs> sound effects machine. We've heard some bad reporting in our time.
3: I'm interview Eric Mayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But he's
1: gay. But this thing from Florida sends, the, the, the sends I, it I into the stratosphere. I haven't heard it yet. I already know what it's about. It goes on and on, so I'm going to tell everybody that, but it's worth it. it. It was advertised as being the worst TV reporting they had ever heard not because of anything specific the guy says, but of how long he takes to really say nothing. So uh, go ahead, Tim. We'll set this
2: up. Okay, let's see here. It's uh, I think it's ready to go here. minute. I have to do something else with this. Okay, we're going to start it again. Here we go. At least I think I am. All right. Now...
1: Local 6's Randy Mason is at that scene, gathering new details about what started that fire. And Randy, why were there so many cats in that house in the first place?
10: Let me get to that in just a second, Mike. Let me. Uh, I just want to set the scene for you real quick. Get uh, the family, uh, friends, and stuff boarding up the windows and uh, trying to salvage us. So there's a house that caught on fire because some
1: ants chewed but, uh, through the electrical cable. Basically, and there was a crazy the, cat uh, lady, lady who uh, lived there. The
10: resident homeowner says that she has so many cats because she. Uh, People are. Her friends knew that she loves cats, and that people would bring them to her, you know, promising to come back and pick them up, and they never would come back and you know do that. So she just accumulated close to 80 cats, according to police reports. And basically, she just kind of says it was a a bad situation, you know, going bad. This is the
7: last thing on order, I wanted to have.
10: This woman, by
1: the house. way, is nuts looking. The uh, the crazy cat lady herself looks like the crypt keeper.
7: people to take them into
6: their homes and give them a home like they used to have. When people dump
0: them, I end up with them.
10: She tells me that she, uh, pretty much is done with cats, you know, boarding cats, uh, anymore, uh, obviously. <laughs> but the, the, uh, the, reason the fire started is because ants were in a, uh, wall, electrical outlet and had built a nest inside there and basically had grounded themselves out causing a spark to, uh, hit some furniture from the outlet. And, um, uh, that's what basically started the fire around 9.30 this morning here on Vine Street uh, in Daytona Beach. And, uh, Police uh, say that they could have cited her for uh, not, for too many animals in the house in the home, but, uh, also, but Chief Chitwood uh, took compassion upon the lady because the, she, he didn't feel the cats were neglected, and because uh, she was taking care of them, feeding them, giving them, getting their shots, and stuff like that. Stuff and, like uh, that. Basically, like he hat? just uh, felt compassion, so he's not going to find her at this time. Uh, so reporting uh, live in the Bluchs County with your local <laughs> Mobile Cam, Daytona Beach. I'm Post Journal Randy Mason for Local Six.
1: So that's two and a half minutes that you'll never get back. Wow! And I mean, and you wonder why it's somebody then didn't go, okay, and thanks, bye, cut well, away.
2: What's happening now at a lot of these TV stations is they're taking the photogs and making them reporters. They're calling them VJs. Ah. So you have these unqualified people reporting. So it's the guy who just does the the, the
1: snapshot work, who they have then just decided right. can also go out and do the stand-up. Right. You'll get good in a couple of months. Yeah. The well, viewers won't suffer at all from well, this. Well learn product. on the job. Jesus God Almighty. That was an interesting cat story. I, the, the woman, though, have you seen the and woman that wasn't in even that story? story? Like he was
3: obsessed with the cats. <laughs> the, the, the stories the, that her house. Burned I, down. I would
2: I want to know more about the ants, really. I well, and that like ants can burn your house down.
1: I mean that they get that you can get ants that can chew through electrical I think that cabling. Was story.
3: I'm just glad her well, cats. shot. Florida gave her shots. I mean,
1: you know, the, you're right. That really is the more interesting point, I suppose. The guy just, you know, just going on and on and saying nothing for two and a half minutes, incidentally. All right. It is the uh, Rick Emerson radio program. We should note at this point that uh, coming up, uh, let's see, tomorrow is Thursday, which makes the day for that Friday, which means that you're about uh, two days away, 48 hours away from the KUFO half off sale updating. And it's at 9 a.m. on Friday and get a whole variety, a smattering, a veritable cornucopia of things for half off including this week, a $100 gift certificate to Multnomah Grill fresh, local, organic, and seasonal working with local farms and growers, whether you're having lunch for two, or a banquet dinner for $800 Multnomah Grill at the Doubletree Hotel is the place to get a taste of the Northwest, available for purchase Friday at 9am you can get a $100 gift certificate, part of KUFO's half off sale, which means you're going to pay uh, you know, the half, sometimes it's more than half off, but at least half off this $100 gift certificate to the Multnomah Grill. That is Friday at 9 a.m. or if you are on uh, Conler 10 right now at 503-228-4101. You will t- uh, pick one of those up before you can win it. And it's Friday at 9 a.m. That, that updates. Join us tomorrow when our guests will include uh, Rick Springfield. We will also be talking to Kelly Clark uh, from the Willama Week and uh, another exciting installment of Food Porn plus Mr. Skin from Skin.com. and did Greg
3: and I tell you we actually uh, got a mystery guest for Friday?
1: Excellent, and it's a goodie. Really, it is awesome.
3: Yes, awesome is the word. Damn awesome you, is the word.
1: Damn you and your relentless forward promoting. All right, tomorrow, Rick Springfield, Kelly Clark, and Mister Skin be listening. We want to thank uh, Ryan White from the Oregonian for joining us today, also author Charles R. Cross, and Mister Ryan Chief, who is the uh, founder and owner of Busted the Newspaper and so forth. Rick Emerson show produced today and every day by the lovely in-town that did Sarah Still for Rock 101 KUFO in the newsroom. Tim Riley on the phone's Greg Nibbler. The gatekeeper is Dave Zinn. The web mistress is Bridget from upstairs. Alpha broadcasting marketing guru Susan Don't F with me Reynolds executive producer Christopher J. Paddock. Coming up next to her Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz Court and Fat Boy this afternoon 3 to 7. It is Wednesday, October 7th, 2009 and that is the frequency. Kenneth, see you all tomorrow and watch out for snakes. They
0: do a lot of touching, kissing, even fisting with one yeah. another. Attention broadcasters in the great Portland area. Your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.